ladies and gentlemen, we are live, but we don't have cameras for some reason. <laughs> I'm not sure what is going on with that. The cost of video has gone up, people. I'm sorry. It must have. I'm not sure what's going on. Hang, hang tight real quick while I try to fix our video going on here. What the hell? Oh, oh. let's try something here. That's not it. That's not it. I don't know what's going on. There you are, Bill. Hey, 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 hey. Bill is it. here. I made it. I'm here. We have kinks that need worked out. But I didn't want to just stop the stream, and <laughs> I I knew it before I started talking. As soon as like I tried to cut over from the intro music to you our faces, to our faces, I was like, we are not showing up, yeah. and I'm just gonna go with it because we're live, and there's no starting over now. So and we might as well just let people see our shitty side. Exactly. I was going to make an appearance eventually. Yeah. I mean, I was gone too. It wasn't just yeah. you. It was both of us. We yeah. were both just completely gone. But it's Monday, you know. It is. And again, what's what's the fun of doing a live show if people can't see? If you see don't have your kinks, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like getting to see, to see the blooper reel while yeah. it's happening. Exactly. So. And we are one giant blooper reel. <laughs> <laughs> we, we really are. <laughs> okay. Let's start over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Break the Bell podcast. We are live Monday night, as always, at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we are just here to promote your freedoms, promote your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. Yes, and hello, beautiful bell breakers. There we go. Now we can start. Now I feel it it's is a show. Now. It is a show. The show has officially started, even though the music wasn't playing when we said it. Yeah, well. Here we are. I should have started it over, but I didn't. That's okay. How how's everybody doing out there? It is Monday. It is springtime. I yeah. mean, the chickens are chirping, clucking. Do they cluck? I they cluck. What, what do chickens do? They <laughs> I'll, I'll go with cluck. Okay, the chickens are clucking, and <laughs> <They're> <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just making this up on the spot now. <laughs> um, we are uh, once again here. Just in the to, bell tower. In the bell tower. Ready to, to ring your bell. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. <laughs> While we collect our thoughts, let me give you a quick reminder to check out our sponsor, the official coffee of Break the Bell Podcast. Maybe that's what I'm missing, is I don't that's have run-your-mouth coffee. You need the coffee. So I, I, I was actually thinking about grabbing some, some caffeine in lieu yeah. of the, the, the coffee. and I've got a... I've got a Monster Energy drink, but that doesn't promote free speech like no. Run Your Mouth Coffee does. does Maybe not. that's why we're having such a hard time we... running our mouths, exactly because we don't have Run Your Mouth Coffee. Once again, the official coffee of the Break the Bell podcast is Run Your Mouth Coffee. Um, they're a coffee company um, that is promotes free speech, promotes all your freedoms. It is founded yeah. by um, Matt Odermatt, Matt John Odermatt. Mm. Holy shit! I will get this right. John Odermatt of the Lions of Liberty podcast and Ben Pangy of the Homestead and Homeschools podcast. And again, they support free speech. What else is there not to love about that besides exactly. the coffee itself? Exactly. I mean, I Which love the coffee itself, and I love tasty. free speech. Yes. If you love free speech as much as I love coffee, check out rymcoffee.com and pick yourself up some. They're, the one we had last was like this like aged in a bourbon barrel. And it was really, it was really, really good. good. Had a really good taste. I, I really miss it, actually. I do. I'm going to have to get a new order, um, a new shipment of it. It's shipped fresh to your door. It's it's um, 
what do they call it? Roasted fresh and shipped to your yes. door. It's not brewed. We we decided no, yeah, it's we, not brewed. It's not brewed, but it but it is hand picked. We believe and we and, believe so. We're we're saying and, that yes, moistened with the the tears of <laughs> the tears of communists. Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you with each, the prom- each bean is is gently fired out of an AR fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, into your into your grinder. Yes, <laughs> tell them we sent you with the promo code. Break the bell, all one word, and you'll get ten percent off your order plus free shipping. And who doesn't like free stuff and exactly. cheap stuff and discounts and all that stuff? So it's all good. Rymcoffee.com. Go there now because we said so. There's another no other reason besides you want to support a small business that supports free speech. I guess that's the main reason, but also reason. because we told you to. Yes, check them out. And that's it. Today, today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that I don't think either one of us are really experts in. No, no. And, and to be honest, you, you know, we were trying to come up with the topic, and and you blew my mind because I, I wasn't there. And it's funny because we, we just finished talking on the weekend wrap-up about the, the oil pipeline uh, cyber attack right. and how we, we thought that, okay, there— they're they're trying to push this this infrastructure agenda, mm-hmm. right? So what's the best way to do it? You make it look like the infrastructure is weak. You make it look like the infrastructure needs to be overhauled. And so, anyways, so Carry then on. we're <laughs> like, uh, what should we talk about? And there was a couple different things. And you're like, what about inflation? And I'm like, yeah, that does seem kind of weird. And then we kind of bummed around and other things. And you're then you're like, what if the inflation's intentional? And I'm like, what? And you're <laughs> like, what if they're doing it because they're trying to use it to overhaul the system because you can't make the system look bad unless it's not prospering. Yeah, you right? can't. What I think what I said was you you can't you throw can't. out an old system that's working. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you have to you have to show the weakness in it. So today we're going to attempt to understand right. inflation. Yeah. And where where the market's maybe heading, yeah. uh, the price of the dollar, where it's possibly heading, whether right. or not this is like and, like and you had said, um, artificially. Right. Created. Yeah, because we 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 had talked about like the government giving away money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're printing money, and we and we didn't like the fact that they've been giving away money, right and left, and and but we just thought that it was just them being, you know, irresponsible, mm-hmm. them you know giving away other people's money, but like you said. There's an agenda behind it, and damn it, this whole working towards build back better, yeah, this plays into that agenda, right? And so I I think there's something huge here, and we are gonna really get into that. And this is gonna sound conspiracy sided, which we kind of get there sometimes yeah. anyway. Um, but with everything going on, it's hard not to see right. a bigger agenda. And how we've we've shown we've had episodes where, um. The uh, the Green New Deal was pushing towards certain agendas. Right. How COVID nineteen is pushing towards right. certain agendas. So why yeah. not go here? One thing I want to preface, as always, like I said a few minutes ago, is we're definitely not experts on no. this. No. I took a semester of economics, and yeah. I am nowhere to the level that right. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez sits <laughs> as an economist. So right. I, I don't claim to be an economics major. I don't claim to know how the markets really work that well. Yeah. I, I know what I learned in that one yeah. semester of economics and then what I read in articles. Right. So please, if we're doing something or saying something wrong, call us out. Right. We will have the 
opportunity to call in. Yeah. Or if you have more insight on this topic or yeah. opinions on this topic, call us. In the second half, we're going to open that up to, to call in. Right. So. And, and I, I'm looking at it from you know historical, but also something we always try to do is to just try to put the pieces together and look at the big picture, mm-hmm. which often, you know, with mainstream media and other things, you, you just get a little glimpse here and there. And it's always, you know, to make it look good, you know, right. to make it look like the, the government's doing its job, taking care of you. And, and we're pulling back the curtain and being like, no, no, that's not what's happening here. So, yeah. Well, I think with that, we are going to get right into the intro before we like give away our entire episode in this intro. And <laughs> I, I was going to save the ending. <laughs> yeah. We're going to kick off this intro video, and we'll be just right back in just a few minutes to talk about the price of wood. You ready, Bill? Yes. All right, let's do this. Boom, boom. What did you say? You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did you say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? And... We're back. We're back again. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. All right. We are going to get our shit together. I, you see, I had, I had taken the afternoon off and I had time to actually write out some stuff for an episode and not feel like we were overly rushed. And yeah. maybe that's my problem because usually I'm overly rushed and throwing everything that's, together last minute. That's the problem. And always get time to yes. check all my cameras, all my sounds, all yeah. everything. And for some reason, because I had all this extra time, I had time to forget to do all that stuff. So that makes sense. It's all my fault. Don't yeah. blame Bill. Yeah. He's just he's just in the line of fire here. Yes. I mean, he's just like an innocent bystander that just gets I, shot. I, I guess I could have come earlier yeah. and tested stuff. I mean, would have made a difference, really? Probably. <laughs> it probably you would have been like, did you check the cameras? Yeah, well, oh, I would have sat yeah. here and you were like, okay, let's check the cameras and sound, Bill, since yes. you're here early. Yep, right, so. but I, I did none of that, so Sorry, that's okay. We are here and we are going to get into again the price of wood because that just sounds cool. It sounds right, yeah, and it sounds yeah. kinky at the same time. It does. Yes. <laughs> Welcome what to is, the lumberyard, Bill. What is the price of wood these days? <laughs> <laughs> so before we. Um, get into the meat and potatoes of this. I did have some of those uh, those funny memes that I was saying that kind of brought our attention to this whole inflation thing to begin with. I haven't been out like buying a lot of like home projects no. or anything. No, in a while. I, I I have several projects on my docket. Um, our porch is actually now getting fixed. Oh, cool! Uh, from the Draco that happened uh, back in August. Well, that's at least getting covered by insurance, though, right? It, it is, it is. But and but the guy had quoted a certain price, and I I had asked him. I'm like, look, is this going to reflect the cost 
of of wood. And he said, no, I, I'll stand by the price that oh, I quoted wow. you. It, because the price from September mm-hmm. to now is, is, I mean, it's at least doubled. Oh, yeah. So, so is he going to be losing out his ass on this? Or I, I don't know. I, I mean, I had actually wondered that today because of this storm last year. I knew a lot of the repairs right? were getting underway this, yeah. like, this spring. I'm just like... I wonder, is that affecting? Like, it's did insurance to. insurance rates pay out already based on old prices, or yeah. are they going to come? No, I'm sure it's old prices, so I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not sure how they're going to Yeah, so that really sucks. Yeah. But here's uh, a couple of those memes that I had come across. I just want to share with you because they're funny and sad all at the same time. This first one here, if you can't see, if you're listening in podcast land after the fact, um, this is, uh, it says, $1,000 worth of lumber... In 2018, it says is 2018, but it should say in 2018, and it's an entire semi flatbed full of um, like stacked double high and like three <laughs> freaking piles long. It's like a double flatbed worth of wood and a thousand dollars worth of lumber. Then it says a thousand bucks of lumber in 2021, and it's like a little cart with like maybe eight uh, like one by twelves or two by twelves. It's probably not too far off. Yeah, right. <laughs> Serious. I mean, it's really sad, but here's a couple more. Here's one. It says, (laughs) gram bags of lumber available for $20 or two for $30. It's like a gram bag full of uh, sawdust. That's awesome. So $20 for a little baggie of uh, sawdust. It says, message me. (laughs) And then this one. It says, the price of wood in 2021. And it shows Willie Nelson. So do you get this one? Yeah. It's high. Yeah. It's yeah. really fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> so I found those humorous for such a really yeah. unfortunate situation we have going on right yeah. now. So what is actually going on, Bill? Why are all the... I mean, it's not just the price of wood. That's where no. we started noticing because yeah. people were talking about right. that. The that was most. the most obvious. Yeah. It, because like right now, I saw somebody posted on the internet. And I saw last week I was at... Um, a home store like Home Depot or something like or Lowe's or something and the price of a 2 by 4 was like 9 bucks yeah. and I saw on Facebook that it's now 11 bucks yeah. and last year typical price is like $4 right, for right. so like you said it's like all but doubled in price if not more right yeah by now more well i, I first started noticing obviously the gas prices were the first thing we all noticed mm-hmm. but then house prices like where we live the housing market is on fire Right. Like houses are, are are they're going within twenty four hours of being listed. Mostly some of those other quicker. I mean, you know, the price of my own house has jumped up probably about forty thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. Now that it's being appraised on. That's all part of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, I know. I know. That's but, actually the reason for the price of. What's crazy is people up. are buying houses that that are, I mean, in bad condition. Right. Like somebody bought a house for sixty thousand that had the roof missing. Mm-hmm. Because it's that hard to find a house, right? Right, and yeah. so it's so. I, as much as I would love to sell my house, the odds that I'm going to find a house to move into is right. slim to none. Yeah, it's seller's market right now. Right. But good luck. Like I saw, um, I was reading things which we'll probably get into that were saying like the housing, like people are buying housing for like twenty percent, twenty five percent over what yeah. it's valued at. Yeah. It's just like. Because there's such a high demand and like right. low supply of houses being sold, yeah. people are paying way more than they're worth. Yeah. What does that do next year when it all comes back down? Well, that's I the mean, thing. you're just sitting on, uh, yeah, you're just upside down completely. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, 
Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll look a little bit into the housing market with right. all of this because that's that's all part of this whole oh, thing. Yeah. Like the whole, like is capitalism under attack right now? Is it, it is. is it absolutely uh, is it, it on is. A, its way out the door? Yeah. Is it being pushed out? And, and it, it's under the guise of of you know of trying to help. Yes, you know, right? Like, hey, it's okay, guys. We're here to give you money, and in reality, they're they're stabbing underneath the table, right? So. so let's take a look at this article here. This article is titled, Prices Are Rising Everywhere You Look. So I thought this was a good place to start, since we're talking about prices rising everywhere you look. So this comes from KTVZ.com, whatever the hell that is. It says it's by a CNN news source, so it must be like quoting CNN. Okay. It says, everywhere you look, there are headlines about higher prices. Some are tied to commodities, which are getting snapped up as the global economy emerges from its long slumber. Lumber prices are at an all-time high thanks to an epic home-building boom. Epic. epic. Copper and steel prices have also reached records. Agriculture proje- uh, products are, are not exempt. The price of corn is at its highest level since 2012. Same goes for soybean prices, even sales of block cheese futures. <laughs> I didn't even know there was block cheese futures. I did not either. So apparently you can buy stock in block cheese. Interesting. Why are we not buying stock I, in block I, it cheese? It just seems like something we should have. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Uh, they've been soaring in anticipation of grilling season. Interesting. Yeah, because everybody's getting back outside well, to grill. But, but who uses block cheese to grill? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it, the block cheese going to the deli to get sliced up no, for your that, grilling I mean, that's pleasures. Then there's consumer products. Diaper prices have gone up in the past year. And two major producers. I feel like there's not enough puns in this article. <laughs> it should be like, block cheese futures are being cut. <laughs> or Diaper products are in the dumps. <laughs> yeah. Are filling up quick. <laughs> uh, Kimberly Clark and Procter & Gamble have warned customers that fresh hikes are coming. Shortages of computer chips, meanwhile, are helping to push up car prices and could soon do the same for electronics and household appliances. So we're talking like everything, like everything you can think of. This doesn't just matter for Americans guarding their pocketbooks. Price increases are also being closely scrutinized by investors and economists who are desperate to know, is this a passing phenomenon as the country emerges from a -a once-in-a-lifetime economic shock or a more sustained trend that evokes the 1970s? The answer to that question will have huge consequences for financial markets. If the Fed starts to think there is a real problem with inflation, it could boost interest rates or taper its bond purchases sooner than expected. Right now, they're like all-time interest rate low, right. which is why the housing market is booming, because yeah. they're like damn near 0% interest rate right yeah. now. And according to Jeremy Powell, they're intending to keep it that way for the next couple of years. Right. But as they start to see inflation, if inflation starts to get away from them, then they have to raise interest rates. If interest rates raise, people start selling. What happens then? If they sell too quickly, the stock market comes crashing down. So there's a fine line between do we do we um, do we raise interest rates to kind of even out inflation or and risk people freaking out and selling and having a stock market crash, right. or do we let things keep kind of going because this is temporary is what they're all saying. Oh, it's just temporary. This is going to pass. It's going to go up. Then it's going to come back down. But how far do we let it go up right. before exactly. it's too late and it all crashes down anyway? Yeah. So like I said, it's a, a fine line. It says, um, 
It says it could boost interest rates or tapers bond purchase sooner than expected, which would spark a dramatic sell-off, like I said, in high-growth assets, whose rise has set the tone for investing in the pandemic era. But wait, the Federal Reserve has been extremely clear that it believes inflation will be transitory. An episode of one-time price increase as the economy reopens is not the same thing as is not likely to lead to persistently higher year-over-year inflation in the future. Uh, Federal Chair Jerome, Jeremy, is it Jerome Powell or Jeremy Powell? I think it's Jerome. Jerome Powell, I don't know, it looks all the same, told reporters late last month. Indeed, it is the Fed's job to make sure that does not happen. Most economists agree with this view, even if they admit we're in unprecedented territory. We need freaking Bernie Sanders to come out and say, (laughs) unprecedented. Uh, In a paper published on Friday, top economists, including Lawrence Ball of Johns Hopkins University and Gita Gopinath, the chief economist at the International Monetary Fund, said they expect a rise in inflation that is modest and temporary. And note that the government spending under the Biden administration doesn't appear to be a threat. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm really? Bullshit on that one. What What are we sitting at with his current thing? We're, we're looking at like two, three, four, five trillion dollars of spending. Six trillion. Six trillion dollars. That yeah. doesn't appear to be a threat to yeah. our 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 markets at all. Right. That doesn't appear yeah. like. How does that not completely tank our dollar value when right. we're just printing it off? Yeah, and giving to, it away. Yep, just just run the presses, run yeah. the presses, give it away for free. Yeah. Money value goes down, inflation goes up, you would right. think. I mean, that, that's the way sense. I see it. It makes sense right. in my, my mind. Overall, we see little risk that the current temporary, gov- temporary government spending for pandemic release, relief causes an inflationary spiral, they wrote. Temporary government... I'm, I'm sorry, but $5 trillion is not temporary government spending because... How long how how long does it take to get all that back? I mean, yes, Uh-oh. it's not yeah. like we're increasing year after year five trillion, but the way trends go, yeah. the next year is always more than the last year. So yeah, absolutely. it's not going away. And in so. looking at some of this, what what I'm gonna get into soon, I think this is actually going to lead to them having to bail more people out. Oh because yeah. we bailed all these people out. The entire country out because of the economic fallout or whatever of the pandemic. And then now that we're opening things back up, prices are going up. So even though we stimulated it like people's personal pocketbooks, they're still that much further from getting financially stable because yeah. prices are going up as they're giving us money. So that's yeah. just going to mean what? They're going to have to give us more money. The thing that we talked about. From day one with the stimulus thing, it's like yeah. you're just creating a freaking yeah. um, society that is dependent on the government. Yeah, I tried to because, like I said, I'm not an expert in this stuff. So I reached out to. We've got um, some social networks of um, of other podcasters out there um, that that are a little bit smarter than us, and I reached out to some of those networking. Um, conversations and just said, look, explain this to me in layman's terms. Right. What's going on? Yeah. And one person came back to me. I'll say his name. It's Chris Chris Spangle. If he wants to uh, kill me for saying his name la- later, that's fine. Or he can fine. call in and discuss Or he us. can call in and discuss. Chris, if you're listening, call in the show and discuss. But this was his response, broken down as best as I could. I yeah. mean, I understood this perfectly. I did, too. This. This, this is the best way, yeah. Yes. 
He said supply was artificially suppressed due to lockdowns. That makes sense. Absolutely. Lockdowns happen. Shutdowns happen. Yeah. Businesses closed. Wood places closed down. Building places closed down. Which uh, probably a lot of like shipping closed down yeah. because the manufacturing was closed yeah. down. I, I know a lot of service industries were closed down. Yep. It says, for instance, lumber mills were shut down for four months. Demand was artificially inflated through stimulus to jumpstart spending. So we throw a bunch of money at it. People mm-hmm. start flooding money back into an economy that is shut down that is right. has been shut down for months now so yeah. they're not they're not operating at yeah. max capacity plus plus the government is is giving ppp loans to businesses yes. to so they can maintain right their operations right so he says demand was artificially inflated like i said he said i spoke to a family that got $14,000 in extra money there was 1.9 trillion in extra savings last year. Much of the middle and upper class didn't spend discretionary income last year because everything was closed. Combine that with boomers access- accessing their 401k and social security, they're stupid liquid. <laughs> it says prices are driven up due to high demand and low supply in both goods and labor. Tariffs are also tariffs also play a role. It says why is Taco Bell closed? Why work a job making $13 an hour? With tons of bullshit COVID restrictions, that prices are. Let's see. It says, why is Taco Bell closed? Why work at a job making 13 an hour with tons of bullshit COVID restrictions uh, that make your job harder for no extra pay? 500,000 extra people died last year, tons of new jobs and upward mobility in the workforce. Add this to opioid deaths and shutting off immigration for six years. Um, bottom line is, central planning has unintended consequences. So, all that just kind of in a nutshell, yeah. To say kind of what's what's going on here, yeah. So essentially, they've created like a perfect storm, yeah. And so it it gets further than that too, because then you also look at so so let let's let's back this up because let's look at this perfect storm again. We had all the shutdowns happen, which I had read an article that says. Overall, like manufacturer or overall industry declined uh, 5.4 percent in in one month in the month of July in 2020. So I guarantee you, overall, it was a lot further down. So this was just yeah. the month of July. Um, all industries declined production by 5.4 percent. That's crazy. So let's say, let's say for shits and giggles, let's just throw out a number. Let's say production's down 20 percent in right. 2020 as it was in 2019. Which is fine. The reason for that is because of how free markets work. Mm-hmm. Free markets say if people aren't buying stuff, we're going to slow down production. Right. And if people are buying stuff, we're going to speed up production. Mm-hmm. And then so we have all these manufactured lockdowns. So we first artificially slow down production. It's not like a, a market-driven slowdown. We artificially right. shut right. down – like slow down produ- – or right. slow down – Con- yeah. Consumption, right? Yeah, consumption and therefore production. Yeah, so we artificially slow down consumption. I want to see what the impacts. We I didn't even think to take a look at the impacts of like overabundance of um, supply, like surplus mm-hmm. supply, when that artificial consumption well, got shut down because you know they had all this backstock. Well, yeah, and, and then also, I mean, consider the. Um, um, God, where was it going? Oh, all the small businesses that shut down. Right, right. So people that would be pr- um, providing 
for those businesses, say mm-hmm. like the restaurant industry, yeah, suddenly they're going to have a surplus because they no longer have people to ship food to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and remember, what was it last? Was it last year that they were talking about the the shortage of, of meat? Oh yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, it was like right at the start of it. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, artificial <laughs> slowdown of con- consumption, which yeah. then in turn the markets respond and slow down production, and then they slow down the like shipping of like raw materials. Yeah. Well, then on comes twenty twenty one. We pump trillions of dollars back into the economy and say, go spend it all. Right. Again, artificially yeah. ramping back up consumption. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's taking a lot for like the the production to ramp back up to meet that level of consumption. Well, and also consider, do you remember when we did our report and we talked about how the COVID restrictions, the... the um, lack of medical care that was being provided because everything was being focused on COVID Mm -hmm. was causing hospitals to go bankrupt. Yeah. And, you know, causing hospitals to shut down. Right. So you have that on top of the 500,000 people who who perished. Right. Right. And then you have the... the, We're smack dab in the middle of the boomers retiring, which is the largest... Yeah, that's what he was saying. Largest part of the workforce. Yeah, like he was saying... And so they're they're collecting their unemployment, their social Cashing security, their, their 401k. 401k. And so all of that stuff going in together. Do you remember, was it, uh, was it 2012, 2013, when uh, Greece and Italy and a couple others, they were going through these mass like protests because um, their large groups started retiring mm-hmm. and the, the government couldn't keep up with the pensions. Yeah. And so they they were not able to to pay people out, and and they rebelled. They started protesting and and burning banks and stuff. Well, they also weren't able to even just go pull money out of their banks. Right. right yeah. Like there right. was none there. Yeah. There was nothing there. So yeah, I mean, if if you want to really take a look of what worst case scenario is, yeah, go back to right. a situation like that in Greece when all this is going on and. I mean, they've been talking about Social Security being right. bust for years anyway. Now we got all the largest generation right. at retirement retiring. age. And so what's the odds that they're not going to just start printing money <laughs> to, to give them money right. to pay them off? And so, you know, you just continue that cycle. Right. So, again, we're so now we have them just pumping mass amounts of money into an economy that was at what – 60% capacity, right. and now all of a sudden we have this massive influx of money coming in, and people are like, buy, 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 buy. Yeah. Well, there's not, the product's not there yeah. to buy. And so that's causing, obviously, supply and demand. If there's not enough and the demand is too high, there's not mm-hmm. enough supply, there's too much right. demand, you raise price to kind of even that out. So that's why you're seeing um, prices like wood, prices like I saw like toilet papers going up. Well, mm-hmm. like I read in that, like all, pretty much everything's going right. up at some extent. And then you mentioned perfect storm. You get this housing boom in there, which is going to <laughs> drive up consumption of the building supplies, yeah. like wood and stuff like that. So we have the interest rates are set at what like next to zero. So everybody's looking for houses. Mm-hmm. So now there's a housing building boom because yeah. there's not enough houses for sale yeah. Yeah. for all these Gen Xers that are wanting to go out and and capitalize on the fact that we're at like almost 0% interest right. rate right now. So 
Yeah. They're having to build a bunch of houses, which is also creating more demand for building supplies, which is also driving the building supplies up. Then, on top of that, people are traveling more, which is making the cost of gas go up. And hotel rooms. And hotel rooms, and jet fuel, mm-hmm. and airfare, and all this stuff's going up. Yeah. Price of gas goes up, obviously, because they weren't shipping as much fuel mm-hmm. because nobody was traveling last year. Yeah. Same thing. Well, and then you have Biden stopping domestic oil exploration. That. And and then what did we pipelines. talk about yesterday? The Shutting attack. down. Pi- yep. A pi- whole pipeline shutting down. Yeah. So talk about a big freaking perfect storm. Yeah. And then with supply... Like, like, I just start looking at all these little things that just kind of add up to mm-hmm. this perfect storm, which makes me think, like, how calculated is this really? Because remember, like, the, the, the freighter that got stuck in the Suez Canal that stopped a bunch of, like, shipping mm-hmm. and stuff, and they said how that was going to affect the supply chain here somehow. Yeah. It's just like all this stuff is going on at once, creating what you said, a big, giant, perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and completely manufactured. In my opinion, it, it, yeah. I mean... I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that are like, oh, this is just the effects of... I mean, this happens after a pandemic, but... Does it? (laughs) Well, well, I understand that, like, the economy gets affected by it, but we said for the entire duration of, like, the shutdown, they're just doing this to tank... Like, like they're like, well, the biggest economic recession... Yeah, because you are intentionally shutting down small businesses, but keeping large businesses and large corporations open to pad their fat checkbooks... Yeah. While the rest of us suffer. Yeah. And then coming back and be like, oh, you need us here. Have all this money. Yeah. And then people that haven't been able to in a long time are like, well, let's go out and buy a bunch of shit. And finding right. out we still can't afford the shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And be like, we got all this money and we can't afford anything. Uh, so. Oh, everything, the price of everything doubled. Yeah. So it's interesting to me because we've always talked about how all the stimulus is going to do is make us dependent on more and more and more and more government money and it's like the more they stimulate it the price just keeps going up it makes you more dependent on the government yeah yeah so i mean that's 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 where we're left right now is (laughs) depending more on the government i had sent you an article today or yesterday i can't remember that was just like um stim like money is running out it will probably run out before or, like, for a fourth stimulus check. And I'm just like, what? A fourth? St- right. Yeah. When were we talking about a fourth right. stimulus yeah. check? Yeah. I yeah. didn't even know that was a thing. Well, but- I just found out that they, they put a stop on the PPP loans now because... Yeah, they ran out of money. They ran out of money. It was like two or three months before they yeah. intended to run out of right. money. That's not a good sign. It's like, how do they not pre- yeah. predict this? Yeah. Like, right. when they released the money, you'd think they'd have a good indication. Right. Because they did PPP last year, you think right. they'd have an indicator of Exa- how much. Yeah, exactly. That should be a good benchmark. Yeah. So, how'd they screw that up? <laughs> I don't know. So, how many um, small businesses didn't get the PPP? And I see all over Facebook, do you see the ads for, get your PPP loan, get your PPP loan. That's yeah, right. All over. Yeah. Facebook is peddling the shit out of that yeah. for some reason. Probably because they want businesses to go broke and all that stuff so let's see where do we go with this from that here what what else did i have on this because i mean we talked about the supply chain Mm -hmm. let's talk a little about the housing market i mean we we mentioned it yeah but here's one that asks 
here's an article that talks about whether or not the housing market will crash in 2021. So it says memories of the Great Recession are still fresh, and that's understandable. When you get to a place like this where things are look like they're wildly get, wildly getting away from us, yeah. and we all lived through 2008 housing bubble right. burst, yeah, it's very easy for us to be like, this is going too far. Yeah, but a lot of people are like, oh no, this isn't the same thing because yeah. there's more regulations right. now. Right. Yeah, is there though? Yeah, is yeah. there? It, says, memories of the Great Recession are still fresh. Few people foresaw the housing market crash 15, is it 15 years now? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I know, isn't that crazy? Good Lord, I feel old. <laughs> uh, that ignited a worldwide recession, fueled by low interest rates. Hey, look at that. Loose mortgage lending standards and the nation's unshakable faith in home ownership. <laughs> home values rose at record rates year after year. Sounds about like what's happening yeah. right now. Yeah. When the ha housing bu bubble burst, some 9 million families lost their homes to foreclosure or short sale between 06 and 2014. Holy shit. Um, housing values plunged 30% or more, which is what I said. People are going to buy these like 20, 25%. Mm -hmm. Even if yeah. the values don't drop 30% from what they're worth, they're buying them 20, 25% yeah. above what they're worth. So they're at least going to come down and leave you upside down immediately. Right. Yeah. It's like going to a car lot. They say if you go and buy a brand new car, as soon as you drive it off the lot, you're upside down right. on that car. Yeah. I mean, that's what's going on with your house. Right. Yeah. So it says housing values plunged 30% or more. Homeowners lost a collective of $7 trillion, and it took nearly a decade for m most markets to recover. Even today, several local real estate markets have not fully recovered. Hmm. It says with robust market activity we've seen lately, are we in for a repeat housing market crash? The short answer is not likely, they say. Well, which that's like the Fed is saying right now, like I said, oh, this is just temporary. So right. Don't, right. don't worry about inflation. It's just temporary. Yeah. We don't got to worry about it. Right. But how long do they say that? Or what well, did they know that they're not telling well, us? Well, yeah, exactly. Like and, and it's temporary because of what? Like, I, from something I read that to get us out of this this dive with inflation, they're going to have to raise interest rates. They yeah. don't have a choice. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that. That's how they cool off, like, yeah. really hot um, increases like this yeah. of inflation. It says, um, today's mini boom cannot be sustained, but a crash as serious as the one, the last one, is highly unlikely because of, few, of a few determining factors. Factor number one is higher lending standards. Like I said, and like you said, yeah, probably not. Mm -mm. Loose mortgage lending practices ultimately brought down some of the nation's largest banks and mortgage companies. I do feel like that they're probably not giving out as many of the junk loans to people that they know can't have had no way of affording them like they were back then. But right. still, I doubt their standards are that freaking like bulletproof. The fallout forced Congress and federal regulators to make significant adjustments that have since fundamentally changed how mortgage lending is regulated. Since then, standards have been raised, and the process of obtaining a mortgage is now more transparent. Anyone can get one types of loans are illegal, while borrowers must undergo rigorous income and asset checks. So, so that might be there, there might be a little bit higher standards right. there. Pandemic mortgage forbearance is factor number two. When the housing market crashed in 07, the influx of foreclosures 
pumped housing supply into areas with falling prices and weak labor markets, while also preventing recently foreclosed borrowers from re-entering the market as buyers. It says, however, in the pandemic era, the effects of mass unemployment bear little resemblance to the Great Recession, thanks in large part to forbearance programs that have allowed homeowners to postpone their monthly mortgage payments without suffering penalties. So they're saying it's not going to bust as hard because we've had these... um, like pushback of mortgage payments and things like that. Right. But what does that do for landlords or, or the banks or the banks? Yeah. Exactly. That's got to hurt them not having that income. Yeah. It's hurting somebody one way or right. another. Yeah. But then the government just pumps money into those then pumps right. money into the banks right. and um, nationalizes whatever they can in the mm-hmm. process. Right. Says as early of March, as early as of early March, 2021, 2.6 million homeowners mortgages were in such forbearance plans. As the pandemic economy has slowly recovered, many homeowners have since resumed their employment and thus their home payments. According to CoreLogic, by the end of 2020, overall mortgage delinquencies declined 5.8% due to the forbearance programs. The share of mortgages 60 to 89 days past due declined to 0.5% lower than the 0.6% in December of 2019. So they're saying it's actually looking better than before. Hmm. Factor three is the cushion of homeowner's equity. Equity is the difference between the current market value of your home and the amount you owe on it. In other words, it's the portion of your home's value that you actually own. Equity can be an incentive to stay in your home longer. If prices rise, something we've seen almost universally across the country in recent months, your equity increases too. Why does that matter? Simply put, higher levels of equity cushion homeowners from default when home values fall. Over the past decade, American homeowners have enjoyed housing stability and growth, building up large home equity reserves. In the third quarter of 2020, the average family with a mortgage of $194,000 in home equity and the average homeowner gained approximately $26,000 in equity over the course of the year. I don't know what much of that means, but... Oh, basically, so your your house gains value Mm -hmm. as it goes on. But you're paying off your loan, mm-hmm. so ba- essentially you're gaining value through that. So like I owe like fifty thousand on my house, but my house is appraising out as at one hundred twenty thousand, one hundred thirty thousand dollars. So that 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 cushion there is is my saving grace. But that doesn't affect all these millions of home people buying new homes this year. No, they don't have equity. No, they're they're <laughs> getting the opposite. Yeah, they're yeah they're they're like you said they're they're going underwater. Mm-hmm. But if you're an existing homeowner, you you have that 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 security of equity. It says in factor four, price growth will slow but not stop. Sales boom following the outbreak of COVID nineteen um, surprised many real estate economists. Like most other business sectors, real estate was expected, if not required, in many locations to lock down. But by mid-April, sales were soaring as buyers, many of them millennials, took advantage of record low mortgage interest rates. Through the remainder of 2020, rates remained below 3% and existing home sales reached their highest level in 14 years. The combination of solid sales and depleted supplies drove the nation's median existing home price for all housing types to $309,000. That's the median existing home price. That's a lot of money. That's insane. Well, I there was a house I was looking or several houses I was looking at in a town just not too far from us and all the houses were pushing $300,000. Right. 
I'm like, That's I insane. was just like, what the hell? Mm-mm. Says the combination of solid. Okay, I read that. Says up 12.9% from December of 2019 and market marking 106 straight months of year-over-year gains. Multi-year run of significant price increase will end at least temporarily, but inflationary pressure on entry-level homes will continue in most markets until new home construction will relieve it. And then building mm-hmm. supply prices will keep going up. Yeah. It says, moving target. While no one can say for sure what will happen with the real estate sector, most experts are confident that we'll experience a market dip, but certainly not a crash. Still, it's important to stay informed on marketing trends, blah, blah, blah. So they're basically saying, hey, it's more positive than 2000. 2008. So. Yeah. But they're pretty much saying, I, I thought it said here, but I didn't see it, um, that not all houses are going to be able to have that increase because right. um, like a million-dollar house, nobody's going to pay it, fork out like another 25 grand for a million-dollar house or, right. or whatever. And so they're saying like not all the markets will go up. They'll oh, okay. just kind of fluctuate. So they're saying that's why it's different from then and blah, 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 and things will just even themselves out. They're depending on this to even themselves out, which gotcha. free markets are supposed to even themselves out. Right. But right. when you get this artificial stuff, like I'm saying, like this pumping mm-hmm. mass quantities into the economy right. or just flipping the switch and shutting yeah. off the economy when it, at yeah. whim, right. I mean, who knows? You you can't predict a market that is being right. artificially like right. influenced. No, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That That's the problem. You know, like I said, you let the natural market run its course and it's going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. It's going to ebb and flow. You'll have your depressions, you'll have your recessions, but you also have your big like growth, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're manipulating the market, when you're manipulating interest rates and you're you're pumping the market full of money, you're doing more harm than good. You know, yeah. and yeah. that's and that's you, you get to a place where you see like a, a a Weimar Republic. Yeah. Right before, you know, the Nazis took over Germany where you're going to get to your your, you know, massively inflated food prices, mm-hmm. you know, because the market can't keep up. Well, I mean, you think about any like like the any situation like that where um things got bad before they got really bad. Right. It usually came with people couldn't afford shit and then they got to really desperate levels. And that's why it leads me to wonder, you know, are they trying to put us in this desperate place to where we're begging for something right. different? Right. Like absolutely begging for it cuz again, like I said at the beginning, if something is working well, right. why do you need to fix it? Yeah. And we've said for months now that we think that they're trying to rein in this new agenda, this new economic agenda, yeah. this um, well, build back better agenda. And when you have, you know, what was unemployment? I mean, was it like 3%? Mm, yeah, it was like 3.5%, which is which is basically zero. Yeah. Because um, – the one thing I learned in my semester of economics was that's basically zero because you got the people that choose not to be employed right. through whether uh, they're just taking time off work mm-hmm. to like start a family or go to school or whatever. So that that three point something percent is yeah. virtually zero right. unemployment. So you have, you know, a job market that is thriving, virtual zero unemployment. You got the the people, you know, buying houses. Gas prices are low. You know, other prices of things are going, and people are buying, 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 buying. Mm-hmm. And now, all of a sudden, you have the shutdown, 
Right. You have massive like job losses. Like mm-hmm. you have people that don't want to go to work because they don't have the incentive. Yeah. Right. They make more money not working now. Yeah. And so there are people that they can't literally buy employees. You know, I mean, there's sign-on bonuses. They're throwing all kinds of cash out there trying to get people to come to work, and and it's not working. Let's talk about that I, specifically. I that was working towards that segue. That I mean, that is where I was going to go with this soon. Talk about this. We're still talking about this perfect storm. Yeah. Not only prices through the roof. Or p- printing money like it's nobody's business, like it literally grows on right. trees. And now we have this labor shortage. Mm-hmm. Even though unemployment's high, yeah. we have this labor shortage. Whether, I mean, how how can you say that unemployment is high, but there's a shortage of people to do the jobs? Right. Like it, in reality, it just doesn't make sense. Right. In our minds, it makes no sense. It's just like, dude, if you want a job, go get a job. Right. right. And maybe we're we're these ridiculous, slightly more conservative people that say, obviously, if you're throwing a lot of unemployment money at people, that's more than what they're getting paid at their job. Yeah. They're not going to go back to work. Yeah. And maybe that's our ignorance. I guess I say this every week, but I, I mean, I I don't feel like I'm a a freaking Donald Trump. Flagged, waving right. Right. Um, neo-Nazi that just to say that stuff, but I'm sure we were called that because people are like, oh, that has nothing to do with it. You you don't think so? Right. You right. don't think, what is it, like, here in Iowa, it's like upwards of like $900 a week? Mm-hmm. What, that's what it was last year. I think it's still like six $700 a week yeah. to be unemployed. Yeah. You don't think that's going to influence whether people go back to their job? Right. And people are like, well, if they pay a better living wage... Then they'd go work there. That's the real problem. But see, that's that's not the problem because companies are offering a lot of money to try to hire people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not and it's not like with when Obama was president, where you have the the people that are underemployed, right? Where they're right. they're taking jobs that they're overqualified for because they can't find anything else, so they're they're making less money. No, the the jobs are out there, mm-hmm. but there's just not the incentive to go get them. Well, they're saying because the unemployment rate is so high that there's not the incentive really for people right. to raise their pri- their um their wages because yeah. they're like we know the people's out there. So I well, I do I, have I what? when I got home I had a I had a postcard from FedEx mm-hmm. telling me that they're hiring for seventeen fifty an hour with like a thousand dollar sign on bonus. Yeah. Yeah, the sign-on bonuses are insane right now. Just yeah. trying to get people to the holiday seasons or through right. the summer seasons. Um, this article is from the Chicago Tribune. This talks about our side of it, kind of. Um, it says that states are limiting pandemic jobless benefits as employer employers are complaining of a, lo- a labor shortage. So they're actually putting more of these restrictions, like you got to start finding mm-hmm. jobs. Right. You got to yeah. be actively looking for a job to get unemployment yeah. benefits. Says Eduardo Roveto is hoping the state of Vermont's reinstated requirements that people who are collecting unemployment benefits must seek work to qualify will help him hire enough staff for his restaurant in the short town or the resort town of Stowe. Stowe? Stowe. Stowe. After more than a year of coronavirus restrictions on his business, Picasso Pizzeria Lounge, that sounds delicious, um, he's expecting a breakout summer tourism season, so it sucks he's in this tourist area. 
that guy, he, I'm surprised he's still open. Actually, yeah, after yeah. the pandemic shut everything down, any tourist small business like this, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Yeah. Um, but like employers across the country, he's worried he won't have enough workers. We've been getting many excuses as why as to why not to return," said Rivetto, who is offering a signing bonus of up to six hundred dollars to try to add fifteen to twenty employees who agree to stay through the middle of October. So he's just trying to pat him through the tourist season. Obviously, it was a legitimate one with COVID, but you know I think that's getting used less and less now. The vaccines are free; they are out there for anyone. Many employers are telling similar stories. 14 months after COVID-19 put hundreds of thousands of people out of work, the U.S. economy is rebounding and employers are desperate for workers. The challenge was highlighted Friday when employers nationwide added 266,000 jobs, far fewer than expected, so they didn't even add as many jobs as they expected to. However, businesses are still reporting they can't find people to fill the openings. So unemployment rate's still higher. I think it's still like 6% or something like that. They've added jobs, and they're still having a hard time finding openings to fill, finding people to fill their openings. Um, They have to keep up with the rapidly strengthening economic rebound. says, to encourage people to return to work, more states are making it harder for people to stay on unemployment. Many blame easy benefits that followed the pandemic, including what is now a $300 a week supplemental federal payment on top of state benefits. The argument is that people make more money staying at home than going back to work. Hmm, That sounds like what we said. Yeah. Which apparently we're wrong in that, according to some articles. Says several states have begun requiring those receiving unemployment benefits to show they are actively searching for work, and a few will stop providing the additional federal supplement. It's not just the hospitality sector that's scrambling. Um, it says, Aline Candles, based in Milford, New Hampshire, is looking to fill 1,500 positions for its facility. I'm guessing it's a candle-making company. I would, yeah, I would assume. Looking to fill 1,500 people in New Albany, Ohio, to meet demand for holiday season. Company representatives will participate in a number of virtual job fairs this month. Check this out. To make candles. We have more than 100 positions opening since the start of the year, and we increased sign-on bonus to $1,200. Damn, $1,200 sign-on bonus to make candles, in part because we are competing with an entity that can print its own money. (laughs) They're saying it. They're calling it what it is. It's like, well, it's hard to compete with the government that's just printing money and throwing it at them. Says, um, And it's $300 per week additional unemployment benefit. I would love to welcome those searching for work to join our team. And we've seen, I'm sure you've seen the posts on Facebook signs at like restaurants or bars that are like, um, weekly stimulus check, um, acquire within. Right, right, right. (laughs) Says labor experts say shortage is not just about $300 payments. Some unemployed people have also been reluctant to look for work because their fear of catching the virus. So it says it's not just unemployment they're also afraid still of catching the virus others have found new occupations rather than return to their old jobs and many women especially working mothers have had to leave the workforce to care for children so what what do you think you think that i mean i would listen more to the business owners than i would to like oh um so not a doubt (laughs) 
economics major professor that's like, oh, it has nothing to right. do with that. Yeah, right. I would listen to the business owners that are reaching out directly to right. potential employees yeah. that are like, eh, go fuck yourself. Right. I get, are you going to pay me what they're paying me? Yeah. yeah. And that's where you're getting all this, well, if you paid them a, uh, a living wage. What do you think about that? I mean, is maybe all of this is to uh, spark the, the increase of the federal minimum wage. You know, there's well, so many. And, and that, exactly. And let me add another wrinkle. Biden's talks of, of massive immigration amnesty. Yeah. Right? I think they're talking about, what, 12 million? Something like that. They want to let another country. Yeah. Maybe even more. I mean, you know, <laughs> again, you know, you're 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 flooding the system, right? You're you're overworking the system to the point where they'll have no choice but to continue to print that money. Mm-hmm. You know, the job market. You know, yeah, that's manpower coming in. Um, but you know, I, are they going to have to hire like people that speak Spanish? I mean, maybe maybe this is their answer to try to take care of the the wage or the labor shortages. Well, we'll bring in migrants to work, right. and they, they'll take care of those positions. That's too, right. twofold problem solved. There, we take care of the, the immigrants, and we take care of the labor force problem. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so many different ways to go with this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's almost like you're you're playing go. You know, at this point, because it's like it, it just seems like you're 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 <laughs> watching somebody play a strategic game. They're not playing chess. Right. You know, they're they're trying to to block off massive areas of the country, massive institutions of the country using as little manpower as possible, as little effort as possible that so the government's like, you know, cutting infrastructure, you know, here by by, you know, this this terrorist attack which raises prices on on an already underproduced marketplace. Then you got job shortages, which is going to further increase the lack of production, right? Because, you know, you can't have a factory without workers. Yeah. And so it just is a self-perpetuating cycle that the government is feeding by putting money back into the system. Making us more dependent on a government to where we're going to need that fix. Right. Consistently. Right. The UBI. And we've been talking about that for 14 months now, or since we started it, so about 10, 11 months now, but it's been going on for 14 months. We've together been saying since day one, it's like all they're doing is creating a dependent society that needs yeah. this monster government to keep because um, they manipulate the markets, they make us need, they pump money in, but then inflation happens, they make us need, and then there's the job shortage, they make us need. They make the businesses need because they don't have enough employees to keep up, so they need more PPP, which is dwindling, like we said. So what happens? This thing, and and we had speculated when we first heard about PPP. What what happens when you government can't or businesses can't pay? Yeah, or when when now at this case, businesses that have been dependent on it on this drug for 12, 14 months now, all of a sudden they're just going to get cut off cold turkey. Without the labor that's needed to keep their their production going, what what happens to those businesses? They fold immediately. That's why we said it 
is really bad for these small businesses to become so dependent on the yeah. government because it's going to get shut off at some yeah. point. Right. And then they just fold. They're not going to have the overhead that they had before. Yeah. And I know it's it's crazy to me. And it's yeah. it's the nightmare is starting that we predicted. It is starting right, right here. Yeah. And it's, it's moving towards Build Back Better. Yes. Huffington Post says we're wrong. Huffington Post says their title of this article, which I'm not going to read the article, it says unemployment benefits are not creating the worker shortage. And they gave a bunch of like Republican people saying how, well, it's just $300 a week that's making them blah, blah, blah. Why would they want to go to work? Basically the stuff that we already said. Why would they want to go to work? Their refute is people get paid more not to work. Uh, that's, uh, no, that's one of the Republicans. It says it's true benefits amount to more than prior wages for some workers. It's just that the extra money doesn't seem to have held workers back. So people are still going out and finding jobs, some of them anyway. So that's their rebuttal. We know better. It says the unemployment complaint fits a broader Republican argument that Democrats under President Joe Biden are out to destroy the American work ethic with their proposals for new uh, parent benefits and affordable child care. Think about what the Democrats have done, says Republican Kevin McCarthy of California. The House Republican leader tweeted over the weekend, they have demonized work so Americans would become dependent on big government. I don't think it's really to destroy work ethic. I think it's to build up this agenda. It's agenda-driven is what it is. I don't think it's shallow enough. Yeah. To just be, well, they're just trying to make us all a bunch of bums. No, it's not that at all. Uh, so this is them downplaying kind of what we're saying into like a much more shallow uh, positioning on it. It's like, well, they just think they want us to all be bums. Why would a government want us to all be bums? Right. That doesn't even make sense. Right. It says, uh, while some employers may be struggling to hire for one reason or another, right now economists say, Generous unemployment benefits are not the cause. Again, I trust the business owners that are at ground zero saying that are hearing directly from the potential employees more than I trust the economists. I'm sorry, but I I take the people who are on the on the ground actually speaking with people rather than people that are just speculating. Well, and they're just looking at the graphs. Yeah. They're looking at the studies, the the, the paperwork, the books, yeah. rather than the people that are actually on the ground dealing with employees, looking at the numbers come through. I mean, it's like it's like our line of work installing systems, and we get like an engineer that right. prints off this blueprint. It's like, oh, this goes here and here and here, and we get on, on site, and we're like, the fuck it is. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. what were you thinking? And that's the same thing. It's these architects or these engineers of the economy that are making these blueprints of how things work based on trends and stuff, but they're not, like, on the site yeah. seeing what's actually taking place. Yeah. says, if demand for workers were exceeding supply, then the price of labor would be shooting up. So they're saying if there's really this worker shortage that the employers are claiming, even though you go around to every goddamn small business around here that says, sign on bonus this, sign on bonus this. It's like, well, if if it was that short supply, the price of labor would go up. Kind of like free markets, supply right. and demand. Well, if it's short supply, which, then the price would go up. Which is true unless you got an unstable market where employers 
aren't sure if they can afford to hire people yeah. on because so they're so they're afraid to right no I, I i get that it's easier to throw like short-term like sign-on right. bonus than right. it is to give like a long-term right. yeah wage yeah hike when you don't know what the long term could you imagine our boss be like well we, we really need a guy because we're we're, we're busy um, so I, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hire somebody on for like 30 an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little upset about that. I was gonna say every employee under him would be like, uh, "Excuse me." Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna quit. You want to hire me back? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Says um, as Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said last week, overall wage growth has not increased. That's still not a sign that yeah. there's not a shortage. We don't see wages moving up yet, and presumably we would not see that in a really tight labor market. Or we would see that in a really tight labor see, market. See, that's bullshit. You would not see wages go up. Actually, you see businesses freeze the wages in a really tight market. Well, in a tight labor market, what they're saying is if everybody's yeah. fighting for those few workers, they're going to be competing to get them. But like you said, we're not in a, like a traditional right. scenario right now. Yeah. We don't know. It's, who knows? The market could shut down again next week. The Fauci could come out and be like, look, we got to shut it all yeah, down we, again. We need to do another one-month lockdown. Yeah, it's, you know? it's a risk. It's a risk to hire anybody right now. Yeah, absolutely. But they need to hire them, so yeah. that's why they're reluctant to hike wages. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just wages. You know, you're, you're looking at medical, you're looking at, at you know, maybe 401k, you're looking mm-hmm. at vacation. I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into hiring somebody. Right. It's not, and, and then the cost of training somebody yeah. that may just be short term. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, it says, for now, unemployment remains elevated at 6% compared to the 3.5% before the pandemic. And there were 4 million more unemployed people in March 2021 than in February of 2020. That data reflects people who are trying to find jobs, not those who have removed themselves from the workforce for a number of reasons, like a lack of child care. Yes, some business owners still say there are no willing workers out there. So, I'm sorry, but you can report on this all you want and say, well, the numbers reflect this, but the business owners still are claiming that, well, the business owners are the ones that would know. Yeah, you can't be like, business owners are full of shit. I'm sorry. They don't know what they're talking about, you know, because they're the ones that are driving the market. You go around, like, I I think it's KFC here in town still has a closed kitchen, not because of pandemic restrictions, because they don't have the freaking people to, to well, maintain it. still have restaurants around here that, that they close at nine. Yeah. Because they don't have the people to maintain it. Right. You know? Says Chef Andrew Gruel, owner of the Slapfish restaurant franchise. <laughs> I want to I wanna try out the Slapfish. get slapped around by a fish. I hope so. I mean, that'd be a nice gimmick. Took to Twitter last week to declare there are no employees available in California. Gruel said his eateries were offering $21 an hour but couldn't find any takers. The top reason? They're making enough on unemployment and would rather not work. Says William Spriggs isn't buying that. The chief economist, again, <laughs> an economist, fucking economist, yeah. arguing against the employers that claim yeah. to be offering $21 an hour, $21 an hour to work at a freaking oh, restaurant. Granted, in California, that's probably like minimum wage. But that, <laughs> that's starting wage at a restaurant, right, though, right. 21 yeah. bucks an hour, and they can't get enough work. But this chief economist said that um, 
it is self-evident that millions of people are trying to find work just because an employer hasn't found them yet. At the wages the employer is willing to pay doesn't mean the workers aren't out there. So he needs to raise his prices or his wages to like 26, 27 yeah, that's, an hour. That's what, that's, what saying. that's what he's saying. Which again, isn't feasible if you're a small business owner. Right. You just don't take the money and, and start paying people more. Yeah. That's just not the way the real world works. Right. Especially right now when everything is so volatile. Yeah. Like right. everything could just crash in on yeah. us at but, any like, moment. Like that in one article. So with the candle people, they're competing against somebody who can just print money. You know? It just, like, the the difference between the what the experts say mm-hmm. and what the, the real world people are saying, it's always going to be different. It is. And it, it just, like, it pisses me off that, yeah. I mean, let's say last year Donald Trump came out and was like, you know, you, you guys just aren't, aren't, aren't doing a good enough job hiring your employees. People would be like, he doesn't care about small businesses around here. Right. It depends on what side they're on. It really does. And it pisses me off that they're playing this game with people. They're playing this game with the markets. And that's all they've been doing for the last year. I mean, everything with the pandemic has been them messing around with people and businesses. And that's all this is, is a continuation of that. But my reality that I, I pushed on you today, that I came to my conclusion, because initially we had said they're just taking the economy to make Trump look right, bad, right. and then Biden would come in and everything would open up and everything would be great. No, that's not. I, I, it goes further than that, I think. I think it's all agenda-driven yeah. to change the structure of our economics in this country Absolutely. as far as, because, I mean, if you look at, like, the Green New Deal and stuff, everything is going to have to completely change. It's going to have, or, or the Build Back Better agenda that we've talked about on an entire episode, everything has to completely change. Capitalism as we know it cannot exist with what they are talking about. So, as I said, we have to manipulate things, you know, make them, make it to the point where we are begging for something yeah. different. Right. Before convincing the people that the system is broken yeah. and we need to try something. And the younger generation is already there. Yeah. The younger generation yeah. already believes that capitalism is broken. Yeah, because they haven't grown up in, like, experienced capitalism. Right, right, exactly. They, they believe, oh, well, it, obviously, you know, why not try socialism? Because, you know, everybody benefits. Yeah, everybody benefits for the socialism. It's better for the economy. It's better for the environment. Right. It's better right. for the, the wage gap and all this bullshit, which... Side note, I, I did read an article, and it was very interesting. It just it doesn't really tie in with this. But um, I was talking about how um, environmentalists and uh, socialists kind of go hand in hand right now. Oh, and absolutely. how it's just really interesting that it's just like a really weird, um, like, partnership. Because they're like, when the wall came down on the Soviet Union... We got a full glimpse of how the environment was utterly like decimated there. Like the smog levels, the um, lakes were like huge lakes were completely dried up because all because government inefficiencies. Because government tried to put their hands in everything, things weren't done efficiently. Like the free market makes things efficient, so there was overconsumption, overproduction, or underproduction because government inefficiencies right. 
caused all this environmental damage. So it, it's interesting that to is me interesting. how the socialism and um, environmentalists yeah. go hand in hand. It's just like if you look at all these socialist, former so- socialist governments, their yeah. their environments were, were garbage. Well, I mean, look at the report that came out on, on China yeah. a couple of days ago, how their, their emissions is worse than what every country put together. <laughs> I mean, does that surprise you? You remember when China hosted the Olympics and they yeah. had to plant trees to hopefully absorb right. some yeah. of the smog? Right, yeah. So and it was like the first time they could see the sky in like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. So no, there, there's no surprise there at all. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's the naivety of, of, no, utopia is possible if we just work together. Yes. You know? Well, we got more stuff to talk about. It is about time for our our halftime break here. Um, we're going to come back and maybe talk some more conspiracy of why we think that this could be potentially intentional to take down capitalism. Yes. Or if it's not intentional, it's just on the verge of taking down capitalism just because of the patterns we are seeing here. So um, we're going to take a quick break, probably like five minutes. We're going to freshen up. I'm going to go to the powder room, put on my makeup, and uh, do it. We'll be back. So uh, we will have call-ins available. Uh, I'll post the Zoom link in the comment section and in our forum, our Facebook forum. So check that out. Please call in. If you're smarter than us in economics, please call in. If you're one of these economists that wants to argue with the employers that are actually making these claims, call us and let us know why we're wrong. Right? Either side, if you're economic side... Employer side, employer side, let us know. If you're an employer that is feeling the effects of this, definitely call in too. Let us know. Um, we'll, we'll post that up in just a couple minutes. So make sure you call in. Share this shit around. Share it with your, your wife, your, your kids, your grandmas. Your kids. Uh, I mean, if, they're, if they like foul language, I guess. Um, just share it around. Make sure you're getting our show shared around if you are interested. Somebody else is probably interested too. So... Share that around all over the social medias. Like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And we'll be right back in, what, what, what do you say, like five minutes, Bill? That works. All right. We'll be back in five minutes. Goodbye. Have you ever thought that maybe voting, maybe all this politics constantly surrounding you is not the way to achieve freedom in your life? Hi, I'm Remso W. Martinez, and I ask myself the same question. That's why I'm on a journey to find true freedom in my lifetime. From learning about financial independence, to new ways to develop rugged individualism, to amazing guests living strange, crazy, amazing lifestyles that you've only thought might be real, but actually are. Go ahead and check out my new show, On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez at the We Are Libertarians Network. You can find On the Run with Remsa W. Martinez on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. You know how the internet works. Come on down and let's discover how to achieve real freedom in your life together. Hey, everybody. I just want to take this time to give a big shout out to the very first sponsor of the Break the Bell podcast. That is Goulash Media. They can be found at goulashmedia.net. Goulash Media specializes in graphic design, web design, audio recordings, video work, wedding videos, uh, music videos, even political campaign videos. Uh, Goulash Media caters to the little guy with the big vision. You can check them out at goulashmedia.net. That's G-O-U-L-A-S-H media.net.
And we are back. Man, it has been a evening of hiccups because it's been brought to our attention that the last few minutes of that first half, we sounded like robots. And we did, indeed. So I don't know if that was the stream, which it says I have a good quality stream, or if something's going on with our audio. No, it, it sounds good. So sounds good now. So yeah. let so us know if that goes back to sounding like robots again. But those of you that heard us sound like robots, uh, you all qualify for our Transformers <laughs> giveaway. Yes, <laughs> which Bill will be personally funding. <laughs> um, I apologize for that and for all the other hiccups tonight because... Um, I mean, nobody likes that. Hopefully, it didn't record that. So, hopefully, our recording sounds good enough. So, if you want to go back and hear us in non-transformer voices, um, <laughs> check that out on Wednesday when we release the main episode. But if you want a fully transformer episode, we can work on that as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe <laughs> I, w I would lean, almost lean to say maybe I turned on one of our effects over here that would make it sound like that. But oh. then we would hear that in our ears right. too. So. Yeah. So I'm going to have to say that's not the case. I mean, I can do all kinds of crazy things with our voice, which we should play around with sometime, I feel. But I'm not going to now. Yeah. Sounds well, like we sound good. I can hear you over there playing yeah. us. So we sound normal. The um, phone lines are open. The Zoom chat is open um, for Collins. Yes. I lost my train of thought because of all this freaking stupidity that's going on. Um, I have this... Speaking of Zoom, Collins, I sent you th that thing, which I don't have it to pull up here. I wish I actually, I'll just read it. It says, Zoom meetings are just like modern day seances. And it has people saying, there's someone who wants to join us. Elizabeth, are you there? <laughs> we can't hear you. Can you hear us? <laughs> so, I mean, maybe we'll have to talk to, to Remzo about that because he, he's our ghost hunter friend. So yes, um, <laughs> maybe he can compare the... Uh, Give us the comparisons between <laughs> Zoom chats and um, ghost seances. seances. <laughs> and, and we are getting thumbs up from everybody, so. Awesome. Awesome. You people giving us thumbs up, you can call in, too. That link is right there. <laughs> so if you saw the comment saying, let us know if it's good, and gave us a thumbs up, you also see the comment to call in. So we're going to keep on moving with this conversation here about, I mean, it started out with inflation, then right. we just kind of... We've gone in a lot of directions. Yeah. Trying to stick with the markets, though, and all that stuff. Right. So. Yeah. But the economy, um, the capitalist yeah. um, society well, we and, have. And we, we both kind of, a red flag raised up when when we heard that Biden was, was appointing Yellen as yes. the, you know, the, the, his economics person. Do you look at my notes before? Uh, you were you going to go there? Uh, dude, Janet, I, I, Janet Yellen is next. We're just we're in the I, zone. I know we we're are just there. in the zone. We're not That's with all. our technology, but we are yes. together. So we <laughs> we're either in, I'm either in connection with my technology or I'm connecting with you. I yes. can't do both yes. at the same time. No. Sorry, people. That is twice now you've been yeah. like. And we, we could talk about this, and it's like, wow, that's literally my next thing I have here on my notes. <laughs> very nice. Very and you nice. showed up one minute before we got we yeah. we didn't compare no, notes, guys. No, no, we didn't that's, check notes at all. That's how in tune we are with each other. Um, it's probably not as impressive to them as it is to me right now, but it's impressive to me. It, it will be someday. My next article was... Anyway, where were you going with that? Because my next article is talking about Yellen and her like comments she made yeah. and how 
Like we've talked before of how she, this Janet Yellen, she's the Treasury Secretary. She was formerly the head of the Fed, and we're like, well, there's got to be some kind of conflict of interest here. Yeah, and and both of us are, we we both feel like the Fed is pretty sketchy. Mm -hmm. And uh, and personally, I'd be fine if they shut down the Fed. Yes. But... um, but with her making that transition, yeah, like you said, there, there's a clear conflict of interest, and we already saw it once with the Robin Hood thing that came up. Yeah, right. You know, and and I think this is she's just further going to use her influence to push the Fed to do what the administration wants them to do. Well, it's interesting because she made these comments that I'm about the current situation, and normally the Fed is supposed to be a private entity, right. and. The government isn't supposed to make comments that in any way influence what the Fed does, right. which that I mean, that's not how it ever works out. I, I know Trump was do, making all kinds of comments and for I mean, I'm sure every government does. But tr- this says tre- Treasury Secretary Yellen says rates may have to rise somewhat to keep the economy from overheating. And, and that was the actually what they're saying in that Hill article that I pulled up right before. Mm-hmm. We start it, and be- when you're like, "Oh, we'll skim through it real quick." Oh, okay, yeah, that's what yep. that's what it is. Yeah, <clears throat> so I mean, that might not seem like much. We'll read. I'll read you what she said. It says, okay. "Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen cons- conceded Tuesday that interest rates may have to rise um, to keep a lid on the burgeoning growth of the U.S. economy, brought on in part by trillions of dollars in government stimulus spending." Huh. Go figure. Go figure. She says, it may be that interest rates will have to rise somewhat to make sure that our economy doesn't overheat, Yellen said during an economic forum presented by The Atlantic. Even though the additional spending is relatively small relative to the size of the economy, it could cause some very modest increases in interest rates. But these are... Investments our economy needs to be competitive and to be productive. I think our economy will grow faster because of them, she added. Of course. Later in the day, she tempered her comments somewhat on the need for higher rates, saying she respects the Federal Reserve's independence and was not trying to influence decision-making here. Bullshit! No, yeah, exactly. (laughs) She knows exactly what she's doing. She sat in that chair. She knows exactly what she's doing. It's not like a Bidenism where it's just like, oh, 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 I I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, guys. No, because she clearly said, um, these are investments our economy needs yeah. to be competitive. She was saying, right. like, hint, hint, we, we right. need to yeah. do this, But then guys. saying, but I'm not saying that they should because they're independent, and obviously yes. I wouldn't do anything to influence that, but it would make us more competitive. Yes. She says, it's not something I'm predicting or recommending. <laughs> so what are you doing? I'm, I'm just, <laughs> just throwing, just go just throwing this down. out there. Go sit down, yelling. I'm, ju- I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm, I'm not predicting. I'm not recommending this, but I think yeah. that it probably should happen. I mean, if I was still in charge of the Fed, I would probably do it, but I'm not. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> says, if anybody appreciates independence of the Fed, I think that person is me, and, <laughs> and I know that the Fed can be counted on to do whatever is necessary to okay, achieve. Okay, that their... line right there. That line right there. I know that that we can count on them to to do what they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll do what they need to to get the job done. Yeah, that's passive aggressiveness yes, at its best. It is. It says the U.S. economy has been on fire with the first quarter GDP growth at six point four percent. Goldman Sachs recently said it anticipates the second quarter growing around ten and a half. So even higher. So 
says, since the COVID-19 pandemic broke in uh, March of 2020, Congress has allocated $5.3 trillion in stimulus spending, resulting in more than $3 trillion budget deficit in the fiscal 2020 and $1.7 trillion shortfall in the first half of fiscal 21. Um, really, it doesn't say anything more than we don't already know. Says the Fed has kept short-term interest rates anchored near zero for more than a year, despite an economy growing at its fastest pace in nearly forty years. It was shut down. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but basically, what they're saying is, like I said, when when it starts skyrocketing like that, the Fed increases interest in ra- interest rates to slow things down. Right. Right. Well, the reason why she backpedaled on her statements, I heard, is that just. Getting wind of that comment there made the markets dip a little. Oh, really? Because people are like, oh shit, right? Interest rates going up. Oh shit, and they uh-huh. sell, sell up. So, so then so, she had to come back and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. But whoa. But, 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 but they're independent, and and they're not going to do what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So just calm down. Yeah. Says inflation concerns have arisen due to all the spending and the rapid growth, but the Fed officials have said that after a brief rise this year, price pressures are likely to ebb. Yelena said she is largely not concerned about inflation becoming a problem, though she has added that there are tools to address it should that happen. What are those tools? Raise interest Interest rates. Interest rates. And we've come full circle. Yes. (laughs) Fed Chairman Jerome Powell recently said that the primary tool to control inflation is through higher interest rates. So that's the primary. So she's saying we do have tools to address it. Jerome Powell (laughs) says... Our primary tool to control it is interest rates. So she's not saying it, but she's saying saying it. it. Yes. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Biden certainly agrees with his Treasury Secretary. So they're all saying, yes, we're not going to influence the... You do what you think is best. (laughs) I'm looking at you, Jerome. I'm looking at you. That's That's a wife mood. Yes. I'm not saying you need to do dishes now, but I'm saying it would be in your best interest. (laughs) (laughs) Says, as for concerns about the large deficit the U.S. is running, Yellen said, we need to pay for some of the things we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. Maybe we should have thought about that before we spent the money. Yeah, right. Says, though the government still has a reasonable amount of fiscal space. Yeah, because they just keep... Running that printer, running that printer. Oh man, just it, it, like to think that first of all that the Fed doesn't manipulate the markets at the because yeah. if the Fed was just specifically here to control things like interest rates as the market rises, they would have been bumping up interest rates already. Right. I I want like I still haven't come to a conclusion what they're. Their goal is here by keeping them at zero. And like I said, there is a fine line between, like especially right now with them on the rapid increase, do they pull the plug now and raise interest rates and cause the market to dip immediately, potentially causing not necessarily a crash but a recession? Right. Or do they let them keep going thinking that these could be temporary, but how long do you let that go before it gets out of control and things crash anyway? Right. So I get that there, there's a fine line there, yeah. but I, I feel like the feds are still manipulating things when we have the we have the highest increase in 40 years, and they're still putting a cap on interest rates. Because right. f- within the last 40 years, 
they've raised interest rates, but right now we are keeping well, those at I, zero. I think it shows you how, like you said, how lack of trust the markets have mm-hmm. in the administration. Yeah. Right? I mean, the fact that she could just barely mention the rise of interest rates and all of a sudden the market just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a weird spot where, and that's why I, I told you, I was like, we're at the beginning of something. Like, something's going to happen here. Yeah, it has to. It has to. Because, I mean, it can't stay like this forever. No. You can't keep, like, throwing money at people and expect things, like, artificially manipulating the markets and expect things to just to fix themselves. And I, right. I don't think they, they want them to fix themselves. No. I think they want things to kind of get out of control to the point where we need the government to change right. things up or we need yeah. the government to spend more money or, right. or something. We, we'll need the government to, to fix it. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll be dependent on the government to do what they need to do. Right. So, uh, you know, we'll need that build back better. Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, that's, that's where this is going is yeah. this whole build back better scenario. And things have to drastically change economically for us for that to push forward, I think. Because I don't think anybody in their right mind no. to a year and a half ago would have been like, oh, yeah, just got the whole system and right. start over. Yeah, right. I mean, when we're at our economic high, yeah. unemployment rates are at yeah. their record lows, why would we be like, yeah, yeah that makes sense? Well, what's interesting, though, is I wonder how they'll push it nationwide. Because right now... Unemployment, say like in Iowa, mm-hmm. is sitting at three point seven. Okay. Right. Okay. But you look at unemployment in say like New York or California, it's which high. is much higher. Yeah. So they're going to be much more susceptible to making some kind of change. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a lot more pull. Right. On a national level than a right. state like say Iowa does. Right. 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 I mean, they have more. Um, representatives, they have more population, they have just more poll in general. So uh, this article just says that the Fed is is cornered and will either lose control of inflation or crash the markets. I'm not going to read this article, but this article basically says those are our two options. They're not going to um, they're not going to rein this back in. It's either A, going to inflation is going to go out of control or B, the markets are going to crash. So that fine line I said they're trying to maintain to rein this back in, this article is just saying that they're not going to. This is going to crash because that's just what's going to happen. It says either the Fed at the point keeps on saying things are temporary, inflation expectations start to rise. So yeah, like I said, that's all like Powell is saying. It's like, oh, this is temporary. We're not going to raise things because this is going to level out eventually. So they either keep on saying things are temporary, inflation expectations start to rise, they control the short end of the yield curve, but then long rates can rise in nominal and real terms. That's one risk. Then inflation gets out of control. Or like in 2013, they have to backpedal and say, no, there's a problem with inflation, and we have to start tapering sooner than we said, because they're saying right now it's still like two years that they're going to try to keep these interest rates where they're at. I don't see how they can. I don't see how they can. That's like signing like a 10-year contract with a baseball player. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) how can you make that kind of predictions for two years in such an unstable uh, economy that we have right now? And that's the thing. Everything is so unstable right now. Anything can set it off. I mean, and, and just look at the way gas prices are going. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get up to four or five dollar gas prices. All that travel that you're expecting 
is going to be curbed pretty quick. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and then all this money that's supposed to be pumped into, like, resorts or airfare or, I mean, that goes away out the window, too. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I mean, it could spiral really fast. Yeah. Like, if people stop driving, they're not going to go on vacations. They're not going to spend that money that they were intending to spend. So it says, like I said, um, they have backpedal, say there's no problem with inflation and start tapering sooner. Uh, we need to start raising rates sooner than we said, and we could have a repeat of what happened in 2013, which is uh, the markets take a dip because right. um, they raised new, um, interest rates. So, which, to be honest, I, I would take a rise in interest rates mm-hmm. if it meant curbing inflation. Yeah. And, like, I mean, obviously that's going to dip the markets. But yeah. if you act on it sooner... It's going to have less impact exactly. than if you act on exactly. it when it's out of control. And, and that's that's always been the problem, is that they try to control it so it doesn't doesn't dip down, and they end up screwing things up even more. Yep. The longer you hold off on it, the worse it's going to be. So I want to talk about this article here, because we keep talking about how maybe this is intentional to tank our economy to, or to, to change it, to destroy capitalism, to change yeah. it to something else. The reason why I say this, what I had this thought to begin with, but then I came across this article, which solidifies my conspiracy brain even more. Yes. So this article is from The Atlantic. It says, unveiled Lenin's brilliant plot to destroy capitalism. And that's not John Lennon. No. Are you sure? Because Yoko was a devious, (laughs) conniving chick. It's true. Maybe it was. No, I, I'm surprised that the Atlantic actually released this article mm. because they're they're ones that I could see plotting to destroy capitalism on their own. So this was released back in 2013. So oh, okay. I mean, this is an old article, but it's interesting what it says. And there wasn't all this like agenda driven stuff right. back in 2013. Right. It says, "Let's say you're a revolutionary looking to overthrow capitalism." You've got it all figured out when it comes to grabbing power, but you're still not sure how to stamp the market system out. Forever, uh, once letat, I I can't read that stuff. Who knows? Um, Stamp it out forever. Uh, What is to be done? It says, print, print, print. That was Lenin's answer, or at least what John Maynard Keynes uh, thought was Lennon's answer. When I first read that, I thought that was the, the lead senior of Tool. Tool. <laughs> That's what I just I was thought, like, too. I know he's a really smart guy, but... <laughs> well, holy shit. I didn't know he came up with that. <laughs> what is his name? Um, Something... James Maynard Keener, Keenan. <laughs> close James, enough. James. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really close. Well, that, I just read that, and I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, that's at least what not the lead singer for Tool. <laughs> so we're not talking about John Lennon, and we're not no. talking about lead singer for Tool. Yes. Um, uh, John Maynard Keynes thought was Lennon's answer. In his post Versailles treatise, The Economic Consequence of the Peace, Keynes famously quoted the Bolshevik leader saying, perhaps apocryphally... Maynard James Keenan. Maynard James Keenan. There you go. Close enough. It was really close. Um, The best way to... So he famously quotes this... Keynes quotes Lennon as saying... Uh, the best way to destroy a capitalist system is to debauch the currency. In other words, incompetent central bankers are a communist best friend. Wow, and there's a lot of those here. <laughs> we don't have we don't have incompetent central bankers. 
or do. heads of the central bank we kinda do. or former heads of the central we bank do. <laughs> that are sitting in high positions of the administration that may or may not be trying to influence the fed <laughs> so let me read that again incompetent central bankers are a communist best friend the idea is hyperinflation breaks down markets and breaks down classes Business can't plan beyond today if they don't know what the money will be worth tomorrow. Boom. Interesting. And a collapsing currency during the Bergoisi. I, I, he's got a lot of big words here. <laughs> into the prolet, proletariat overnight. That sound you hear is the revolution coming. But it's a bit more complicated than that. Michael White and Kurt Schuller unearthed the original Lenin quote. Yes, he really did say it, what I'd said about um, printing money being the best way to destroy capitalism. Um, in a 2009 paper in the Journal of Economic Perspectives, let's just say he wasn't so sanguine about capitalism withering away. Lenin thought hyperinflation was the best way to destroy capitalism after the revolution because the revolution wouldn't be enough itself. Interesting. That is interesting. If you think about like what happened, all happened last year mm-hmm. with all the riots and stuff, and people calling for revolution. Right. I'm not right. saying there was a revolution, no, no, but, but they were, were definitely calling for it, calling for civil war and all that stuff. But apparently, Lenin saw the revolution wouldn't be enough to just completely get rid of capitalism because they would just find other ways to have free markets. Right. So it says the profit motive would survive even if the Ber- Bergois, how do you sp- pronounce that? I, I, I'm Bergois, that what's that? B o u r g e o i s. Even if the state did not, so the profit motive is going to still be there. Oh, bourgeois. Bourgeois. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a big communist thing. Yeah. That was like fancy people or to bourgeois. So the profit motive was still like the motive to gain profit. The capitalist right. profit gain motive would still be there, even if the the state did not. And even if the socialist state tried to outlaw it, the only way to kill the profit motive was to kill profits, and that meant killing the very concept of money itself. Here's how Lenin described how he was trying to do that back in 1919. It says, hundreds of thousands of ruble notes are being issued daily by our treasury. This is done not in order to fill the coffers of the state with practically worthless paper, but with the deliberate intention of destroying the value of money as a means of payment. As we were saying. There is no justification for the existence of money in the Bolshevik state where the necessities of life shall be paid paid for by work alone. Experience has taught us it is impossible to root out the evils of capitalism merely by confiscating an exproportion, oh my God, (laughs) expropriation. They are giving me so many big words here. For however ruthlessly such measures may be applied, astute speculation and obstinate survivors of the capitalist classes will always manage to evade them and continue to corrupt the life of the community. Simplest way to exterminate the very spirit of capitalism is therefore to flood the country with notes of a high face value without financial guarantees of any sort. You see that? Any anything 
in common with today? Uh, yeah, everything. Flooding a country with notes of high face value with no financial yeah. guarantee of any sort? That's right. not backed by well, jack shit? I mean, the moment we went off the gold standard, we were mm-hmm. setting ourselves up for this. We were. But now we are just printing ruthlessly. Yeah. Ruthlessly, as it said up there, printing yeah. and flooding the economy with this valueless paper. Already, even a hundred ruble note is almost valueless in Russia. Soon, even the simplest peasant will realize that it is only a scrap of paper, not worth more than the rags from which it is manufactured. Men will cease to covet and hoard it so soon as they discover it will not buy anything. And the great illusion of the value and power of money on which the capitalist state is based will have been definitely destroyed. And I, I understand what he's talking about here. Yeah. Like, money is only as valuable as... People say it is valued. Right. Yeah. I mean, as soon as people realize it's not worth anything, right. it's not worth anything anymore. Yeah. That's why, I mean, it's just like stocks. When people realize stocks aren't worth anything, yeah. stock well, prices and, drop. And that's the thing, you know, everybody's been talking about, oh, well, we need to raise minimum wage or whatever because it doesn't afford things like it used to. And it's not because prices have gone up. It's because the dollar has gone down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because a dollar no longer buys what it used to. Right. You know, you can't I you can't get a comic book for 10 cents anymore. You know, mm-hmm. a comic book is 5 bucks now. And that's because of the dollar. You know, when uh what was it? We were watching a, or I was watching It's a Wonderful Life and um and Mr. Potter offered uh um George, I think it was like uh I don't know, it was like I think it was like 19,000 a year and he about, you know, threw up whatever he was drinking because he couldn't believe how much it was. You know, and I looked it up. Nineteen thousand dollars a year back in nineteen thirty three is the equi- basically the equivalent of I think it was like uh like sixty five thousand dollars today. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, though I mean the the dollar's virtually worthless. We do have a caller calling in. Nice. Um let me get him pulled up here, see what he's got to say. Hang on just a second. This is thought and conduct, it says. Okay. Can you hear? If you can hear me, unmute your microphone. Otherwise, we're going to have to uh, keep on talking until you do. Just start talking when you, and when I start hearing you, we'll let you on. So where where were we with this? Oh, I just finished talking about It's a Wonderful Life. And oh, the, yeah. The, the valuation value of the dollar. Of the yes. dollar. Yeah. So we we're back in this article. Where were we? So it says, men will cease to covet and hoard it so soon as they discover it, it will not buy anything, like I said. Um, basically saying, like we said, it's only worth as much as people say it, it's worth. So if we make people believe it's not worth anything, right. then it's no longer worth anything. says, this is the real reason why our presses are printing ruble bills day and night without rest. says, well, maybe, or maybe the Bolsheviks were printing ruble bills day and night without rest because they had to. So this person's actually questioning what they're saying here, saying um, they need more money to fight their civil war, but they didn't have any thanks to the economy in free fall and the Western trade embargo. And so that left them to their printing presses, so they had to. Which, again, what they're saying is we have to print all this money now. Right, right. Nobody's saying at the federal level that they're printing all this money to— um, tank our economy, right. but that's what's inevitably happening. So one way or another, they are single-handedly tanking our economy. It's just ominous to hear when you read something like that, where Lenin's answer to right. to destroying 
capitalism is print more money. And then you see our government doing that. Which is printing more money. Yeah. And we've been saying for months and months and months now that our gover- that the government is looking for Testing. this. Hey, there you are. All right. Sorry about that. It's just... I guess I haven't used Zoom in a while, so it did not pick up my microphone. So I'm sorry about that, guys. That That's is right. no problem. What is going on? Do you want to use nothing. your real name, or um, do you want to just go by Thought and Conduct? Beto Renteria from Thought and Conduct. I listen to you guys uh, every Monday, so I love you guys' live stream. And uh, today's awesome. episode is a pretty uh, difficult one because we all are not economists, but um, yes. you don't have to be a, 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 a brain surgeon or an economist. You don't have to be involved in politics to know that uh, if we don't put any output and we print all this money we're going to do the impossible which is what your guys' uh, topic is about and that's uh, inflation right. right so 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 sorry i guess i guess the i just really want to make this quick because i don't really have much time here no uh problem. the economy under joe biden man is it's 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 going to be incredible i mean what's what's everyone talking about right now what was the weekend talking about Dogecoin. Everyone's talking mm-hmm. about Dogecoin, GameStop, stock market. These are people who aren't even politics, but they know something is afoot, and that's the inflation. That's in, it, the impending doom, whenever that may be. But if we're how many how many trillions of dollars have we spent so far under the uh, Joe My, Joe like Biden administration, guys? Five and a half trillion is what they're yeah. estimating right now. Is what is earmarked right now. And but what about what about the infrastructure bill they want to push through? Well, right. yeah, it was like one point two trillion. Then plus the infrastructure bill, we're looking at five six trillion dollars total. Yeah, right. We now. haven't even and we haven't signed anything yet with the infra- infrastructure bill, correct? No, mm-hmm. not yet. Not yet. How much is that going to be now that we have what you guys talked about earlier? Commodity shortages. Right. 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 Yeah. And if you, uh, well, if you think about it, look back to like the the. Um, FDR days with the the actual New Deal, it's like everything. This was all the the um, infrastructure plan to boost the economy, so they could mm-hmm. just throw all this money at it. So if you make all this these problems with the economy, it's just like, well, let's just fix this with all these infrastructure right. deals, though, which is this Green New Deal or this Great Reset yeah. program Creating that they government have going jobs. On. Yes, yes, and it's. In the hands of these big central bankers you guys mentioned, the ones that are going to set interest rates like Jerome Powell, uh, Janet Yellen. Mm-hmm. And these are the same people that are telling you, hey, don't worry. The inflation is just temporary. Right. And Joe Biden comes out and says, hey, are you saying that no one's going to work because they're reaping benefits from the COVID uh, uh, stimulus bill? I don't see evidence of that. I don't see any evidence that my economy, the employment numbers under Joe Biden is, is, is in free fall. It's amazing to me. And you guys, I'm, you see this every week when you guys talk about the politicians, mm-hmm. the balls on these people to lie in front of our faces, the biggest one. And he is the biggest and he's not involved in the economy. Well, I guess you could say because he told Trump to shut it down. And that's Dr. Right. Tony Fauci. Mm-hmm. And just to see these guys from him to Yellen to Joe Biden and hell, even Trump, they all just they all just get away with this lie. And this is probably one of the most important episodes, I think, in my opinion, you guys have done when it comes to the economy, because, again, we're not I, I hate economics. Mm-hmm. Right, but right. the fact that we look at this stuff every day, we notice that the more you hand out free money, 
the more the dollar the, the dollar the dollar is going to devalue prices aren't going up right. the dollar is devaluing that now everything is costing so much and then we have the antagonistic uh, administration against oil and gas and we're mm -hmm. dependent on foreign oil right why won't they it's, it's so guys i'm gonna end it right there but um Man, keep on doing, you guys keep on doing the great work every Monday. I like watching the live streams and nice. uh, yeah, just, just this economy, everyone that's listening, I don't know when or what, when the economy is going to burst. The more we do this printing, um, it's, it's inevitable way until uh, Zimbabwe, right. or, you know, <laughs> the Weimar Republic, right. you know, and that's, that's not being hyperbole either. Right. I mean, we already see here in Iowa City almost $3 in gas and how much when I wasn't a big Trump guy, obviously he has some control uh, under the, he had uh, control in gas and oil, whatever deals he was making behind the doors to keep the uh, prices down. But the point is, is that just to see that and it quickly we go out, go to almost $3. Um, right. Just, it, this isn't, this isn't a game. No. I mean, we can joke about it and it, we can, it's, it's, you might as well laugh instead of crying. And that's, <laughs> right. that's all we can do right now, guys. So just, just, yep. I guess just, do as much as you can, guys. Try to spread as much uh, as information as possible. And at the end of the day, let's embrace liberty. Yeah, that is absolutely it. I mean, that's all we can do is just keep talking about this stuff. And hopefully somebody catches on to this and realizes and wakes up and realizes some shit is happening here. Yeah. Thank, thanks again, Beto, for calling in. It's yep. been a while since we've had you on. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Yep, you Cheers. too. That was Beto of the Thought and Conduct podcast. Um, you can check him out all over. Um, just look up the Thought and Conduct podcast. He, I think he does a daily live stream every morning, so check him out. Um, but he, he's, I mean, well, interesting the thing he said there, and I, I mean, I had said at the beginning, and I had said to you, something's happening here, but yeah. an interesting thing is him saying, this is one of our most important show episodes yet, yeah. and I mean, it's something that we don't necessarily want to talk about because it's economics. Right. But yeah. this is shit that is going to directly affect us in the right. short term. Yeah, and and you look at people, and and I mean they they they're cheering for the the money that's coming down the pipe. You know, they're cheering for the the stimulus. You know, oh, you know, I'm going to get a new car. I mean, and you've seen. I mean, I see all kinds of people driving with new cars now. You know, and and people are are excited for the 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 five hundred dollars or or what whatever coming through in July. You know, as monthly for the tax cuts or whatever, but again, it's just prepping for this money that you're depending on, and and it's damaging the economy, it's damaging the country. But people don't see that. Mm -hmm. You know, people just see what they're getting out of it, and right. and that's the problem. No, yeah, it's all like a me, me, me mentality. Like mm -hmm. right now, like short term. Yeah, and it's nobody's really looking long term because everything's so uncertain right now right. and that's what we were saying about employers jacking up their their um wages because everything's so short term right now yeah. and everybody's looking so short term yeah. well this is going to affect us in the short term when yeah. these prices skyrocket when gas prices they're already talking we talked on the weekend wrap-up they're already talking about gas shortages this summer mm -hmm. they're like you you're planning on taking all these trips this summer good luck yeah. Good luck finding gas. And now we have this attack, quote unquote, cyber attack yeah. on the gas supply, yeah. which is going to give us a big work. They're, they're talking the southeast and the east coast. I guarantee you we feel the effects of that oh, yeah. attack. Oh, you know we will. I'm going to have to reroute oil yeah. to the, the uh, southeast. Right. And so that means that they're going to 
deviate from from other locations, the Midwest or whatever. I got worried. The other day, they just remodeled one of the gas stations up the road here, and I pulled in to get gas, and they had every single gas station pump uh, oh, shut, yeah, shut yeah, off. I saw that, too. Every single one. I was just like, is this it? Yeah. Are they out of gas? Yeah. I mean, they did just remodel, so maybe they're having complications yeah. or something. But I was like, but, I had that impending yeah. like doom feel. But, but now is a good time to make sure you get a full tank mm-hmm. as much as possible because you don't know when there's going to be lines going to the gas station. Yeah, and you think it's bad when toilet paper runs out? Imagine yeah. when the gas runs out. Right? Yeah. Imagine when the food Shit. runs out. I might, was, <laughs> might go ahead and uh, get that bike and snowmobile I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no shit. Or a bicycle, yeah, right. where you don't even need it. Get yeah. a bicycle with a wagon to drive. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... Riding around with an extension ladder strapped to that bad boy. And then, that well, it, it's frightening when you read things like this this quote from Lenin about the print, 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 yeah. print to kill capitalism. Then we've been talking about the the plot to kill capitalism for a year now yeah. and just within the last right. six months they're printing in an ungodly yeah. amount of money we, you know, we we've talked about all these puzzle pieces throughout the year <laughs> and they yeah. just keep tying together right they keep tying together and that's what scares the shit out of me mm-hmm. so i have a final article that i had um saved i'm sure we have other things we only have a maybe 10 15 minutes left but this one says will the coronavirus this was back in April of last year, but it says, Will the coronavirus signal the end of capitalism? This is from Al Jazeera. It says, The peasant revolt after the 14th century plague saw, saw off feudalism. After COVID-19, will it turn off capitalism? What do you think? you think it possibly could? First of all, the fact that they're comparing feudalism to capitalism is, is well, troubling. <laughs> no, they're not. Like What this article actually says is, um, the plague, because we yeah. talked about how no, the plague. We, yeah, we talked about how it it ended feudalism and how the it actually gave rise to right. almost to a capitalistic type state. Right, and it's basically saying, well, maybe the pandemic reverses that altogether right. or changes that completely again. Well, if it's going back to feudalism, I got dibs on the castle. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, like I said, this is Al Jazeera. So this isn't even here. Um, but this is from a year ago. It says, The pandemic begins in Asia, rips through the capital cities of Europe, and wipes out at least a third of all human beings in the way. When it's all over, revolts begin, cherished institutions fall, and the entire economic system has to be reconfigured. But, but we talked about this when we were talking about the, the Build Back Better, mm-hmm. about the World Economic Forum, talking about the Great Reset, yeah. and how they were going to use the coronavirus as a springboard for the Great yes. Reset. We, we said it was the primer for the... Um, explosion that yeah. launches because w- what what I had said the visual I'd given it was they had the ex- the secondary explosives, which was the Green New Deal, yep. and then or the climate change stuff. It was all the climate change stuff that they. I mean, they've been talking about that for as long as we've been around. Yep. And then the o- over the the full blown explosion was. The Great Reset, yeah. which was getting rid of capitalism altogether, but right. they didn't have a way to spark that. Right, and now and they the do. the spark, the blasting <laughs> cap was this, whether it's man-made yeah. or it just fell in their laps, was this pandemic. Yeah. Which was like, guys, everything, look, everything, I mean, how many articles have you read that's like, the pandemic exposed all the... Um, the problems yeah. with capitalism right. are exposed. Right. All the, the, t- the yeah, they um all the the, the racial inequalities yes. and yeah, yeah. And so they use this for so many other agendas. Yeah. 
says the pandemic began. I read that. It says that is a short history of the Black Death and the bubonic plague pandemic caused by the bacterium um, Yersini pestis, um, which spread from Mongolia to Western Europe in the 1340s. Why does it always start in Asia? I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> because the, it's because they eat all the damn bats at the wet markets. Because the economy then was based on local agriculture and crafts, ordinary life bounced back relatively quickly. But by radically reducing the number of workers, it gave the survivors increased bargaining power, which soon translated into new concepts of liberty among the population of medieval cities. That, in turn, started a process of economic change that brought an end to the feudal system and, some argue, triggered the rise of capitalism. Now it says capitalism's plague nightmare, <laughs> which is now. Like, yeah. that gave rise like, to capitalism, yeah. and then now we have COVID-19. Says today, capitalism faces its own plague nightmare. Though the COVID nineteen virus may kill between one and four percent of those who catch it, it was point zero six. Yeah, I think it was a lot less than that. <laughs> it is about to have an impact on. But much... you said this was written last April. Yes, so. it is about to have an impact on much more complex economy than the one that existed back in the thirteen forties. One with much more fragile geopolitical order and on a society already gripped with foreboding over climate change. Let us consider the massive changes the pandemic has already forced. First, the partial shutdown of daily life in part, large parts of China, India, and most of Europe, and numerous states in America. Second, significant damage to the reputations of governments and political elites who either denied the seriousness of the crisis or in the initial stages proved incapable of mobilizing their healthcare system. All right, so let's look at those. Break this down, because we're a year out. All right. All this stuff did happen. There was the shutdown yep. of daily life. Again, we say that was manufactured. Uh, we was. say that was intentional right. to wreck an economy. Significant damage to reputations of government and political elite. Look at the new um, mainstream news. Absolutely. Their, their handling of Trump. Yep. And again, manufacturing manufactured damage to reputations. I, I'm not saying Trump was a genius at all of this. No, but no. You know they hyperinflated oh, e yeah. every problem that Trump yeah. ever had yeah. with this. I mean, he, he talked about stopping immigration from 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 Asia, and, I mean, he was called a racist. Yes. You know, you had Nancy Pelosi down in Chinatown dancing around in the kimono. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so, yeah. I mean, he could do no right. Why you is know? nobody dan dancing around in India garb since we shut right? down tra uh, transportation from India? Yeah, because no one's thought of it until right now. <laughs> Third, an immediate slump in consumer spending across all major economies, which is certain to provoke the deepest recession in living memory. Why? Which we all saw. Why? Because of the manufactured shutdown yep. of the economy. Share prices have already collapsed, and this in turn hurts middle-class families whose pension funds have to invest in shares. Meanwhile, the solvency of airlines, airports, and hotel chains is in doubt. They're still in doubt because, again, mm -hmm. we're on short-term basis of whether it's mm -hmm. even going to yeah. stay open. In response, states have launched economic rescue packages so massive that uh, most people have not yet got their heads around the implications. They haven't even seen, back in April of last year, yeah. the amount of spending that's oh, that to would come. take place. Yeah, says so the U.S. government will inject two trillion dollars into the economy, and that's nothing. That's nothing that, compared that's to what's just a starter, right? 
Through a mixture of direct payments to citizens and loans to business, more than half of what it collects in taxes in a year. And it's it's way, way outnumbered way. that now. Yeah. Meanwhile, central banks have switched to a new and aggressive form of quantitative easing. Just after the last global financial crisis in 08, they will create new money to buy up government debt. But this time, it is not going to be gradual or focused on the safest government bonds. Introduced as a panic measure in 08, it seems quantitative easing could be with us for decades. Decades? Yeah. So it says politicians are busy reassuring voters that it'll be a V-shaped recession, a sharp slump followed by a bounce back because the real economy they claim is sound. This is where this gets interesting. This is where they're they're di- differentiating it from 2008. Okay. It's saying the foundation is collapsing. So listen to this. It says in 2008, financial crisis, it looked like the roof or the financial system had collapsed on the main structure which, though it was damaged, stood firm, and we eventually rebuilt the roof. So the financial system collapsed, which they're saying the economy held up. Even right. though it collapsed, we built it back up. Right. says, this time, by contrast, the foundation is collapsing because all economic life in a capitalist system is based on compelling people to go to work and spend their wages. Mm-hmm. That is the foundation of capitalism mm-hmm. is you go to work, you make wages, you spend those wages. Yeah. In 2008, we were still going to work, making wages, spending wages, regardless of what the financial system yeah. did. So the foundation was still there, and the the financial system, we just built it back up. They're saying now, we've just gutted that, yeah. and we see it. There's no reason to go to work. They're telling us not to go to work, especially last year yeah. at this time. They're telling us to... <laughs> Not make the wages because we'll just give you the wages. Says so since we now have to compel compel them to stay away from work and from all the places they usually spend their hard earned salaries, it does not matter how strong the building itself is. In fact, the building is not that strong. Much of the growth we have experienced during the twelve years since the financial crisis has been fueled by central banks printing money, governments bailing out banking systems, and debt. So it's saying it's not even as strong as we think it is. Right. And we've been and it's we've been doing that since steroids on steroids since yeah. then. So yeah. yeah. It's like a massive house of cards. It is. Instead of paying down debt, we amassed an estimated seventy two trillion more of it. Holy shit. Holy crap. <laughs> Unlike the time of the bubonic plague, twenty first century trade and finance systems are complex, which as we learned in 08, means they are fragile. Many of the assets circulating in the financial system are just as in the run up to the 08 crisis, complicated bundles of IOUs issued by banks, insurance groups, and other financial companies. Yeah. Their value lies in the fact that they give the holder a claim on future income. So it's basically they're as valuable as what people they say, say they is. are. Yeah. Our gym memberships, our student loan payments, our rent, and our car payments each year, next year and beyond, are already counted as paid with people in the finance system, taking sophisticated bets on how much they are worth. But what happens when you don't go to the gym? We saw that. <laughs> what happens if you can't buy a new car? Some of those IOUs become worthless, and financial systems have to be bailed out then by the state. Right. Says the unthinkable is here. Even though most ordinary people do not understand how dangerous this is, the people in power do, which is the scary part. The people in power know right. how volatile this is. The people in power yeah. know how um, easy it would be to knock down this house of cards. Mm-hmm. And 
They are making all those steps to knock down the house well, of cards. But then you got the asshats in economics over there saying, oh, there's nothing to worry about mm-hmm. here, people. Um, you know, the, yeah, the employers are wrong. Do you think they believe that or you think they're just like, look over there? Yeah, no, I, I think they're saying look over there. They're like, look, squirrel. It says, uh, even though most ordinary people don't understand how dangerous it is, the people in power do. That is why they have persuaded the central banks to effectively nationalize the bond markets. This means that states are issuing debts to bail out people and companies, which we ta- we've we been talking about for nine, ten months now. Right. They're bailing us out, which in turn is destroying capitalism. Um, as with Trump's $2 trillion deal. So if you think Trump was the savior of capitalism, he was just as guilty of all this as, oh, yeah. as Biden is because yeah. he was doing the exact yeah. same he, goddamn he was thing. Spending, he was spending out the ass yeah. as well. There's no conservative... In conservatism anymore, no, because no. conservative means, hey, you're spending. Yeah. Fiscally conservative means we're spending less. But no yeah. conservative is all about spending less. Right. It's just about spending on what they feel what, like needs right, to be spent exactly. on. Those banks are being swallowed up by another part of the st- state itself, the central bank. So all these banks with these debts are being swallowed up by the, the central bank. Yeah. Says left-wing economists, myself included, have been warning that in the long term, stagnant growth and high debt were likely to lead to these three policies. States paying citizens a universal basic income as automation makes well-paid work precarious and scarce. Central banks lending directly to the state to keep it afloat. And large-scale public ownership of major corporations to maintain vital services that can't be run at a profit. Those three things there are what hold up capitalism, basically. Mm-hmm. Our um, small banks, our, um, like, earning money for our work, yeah. and then our, like, um, private ownership yeah. of businesses. Right. is talking about those three things. It says the states are paying citizens a universal income or stimulus checks or what mm-hmm. have you. Central banks are lending directly to the state now to keep the states afloat. PPP. And the scale public ownership of major corporations. So, like, now there's public or government ownership of major corporations Mm -hmm. to maintain the services that can't And we're seeing that nationalization. Yes. says, on the rare occasion that such suggestions have ever been put to investors in the past, the response was usually a polite head shake or among people who witnessed the collapse of the Soviet communist communism outrage. It would kill capitalism to suggest this, is what they're saying. If you suggested any of those things, mm-hmm. it would kill capitalism. Yeah, and we're seeing all of them. He says, but now the unthinkable is here. All of it. And this, like he said, he's a left-leaning yeah, left-wing economist. economist. Yeah. He said, all of this, the unthinkable is here. Universal payments, state bailouts, the funding of the state's debts by central banks have been adopted at a speed that has shocked even the usual advocates of these measures. So it's going faster than the people that even want mm-hmm. some of these things to happen. That's scary. The question is, are we going to do this enthusiastically and with a clear vision of the society that emerges, emerges on the other side, or reluctantly with the intent to revive the system that has just broken down? So this guy seems like he's okay with this. He's yeah. like... This is happening surprisingly right. faster than we right. thought it would. Do we just take it in stride, or do we try to revive a broken system? Right. But again, how was the system broken? Was it naturally broken? No, no. Or was it 
It was purposely. Purposely, yeah, like man-made, broken, yeah. break the system down yeah. to build back, build back better. Build back better. It says, let us understand why economists have been so hostile towards these crisis measures up to now. Uh, with universal income payments, British conservative politician Ian Duncan Smith pointed out the problem is they might discourage people from going to work. Hmm. hmm. Are we seeing that? A little bit. Just a little bit. When it comes to state ownership and attempts to plan production, for example, the current scramble for ventilators, like the states, like regulating the production mm -hmm. of the ventilators. Remember that? Um, this is back then. Free market economists believe such attempts at human control get in the way of the market, which in their opinion functions as an intelligent machine. Like we said, the markets right. kind of regulate themselves when right. left to their own devices. Yeah. Bringing order to the world in a way no planning agency or government can ever do. Yeah. Again, look at the Soviet Union and all the planning and mm -hmm. all the the efficiency that it was right. with how many people starving, with how many freaking environments drying up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the past and you always hear the same excuse. Well, we never actually experienced true socialism. Right. It's like Give us something to show for it, because every example of it has yeah. fucking failed right. miserably. Because it's always corrupted. Says as for the fun, that's because of people. I know, I know. It's because of people, exactly. And I think I've told you this. I had a, I had a freaking um, teacher in high school that he believed in communism, and mm. everybody called him a communist. But yeah. his words, the only thing I remember this guy ever saying was, "Communism is a perfect." Perfect solution. Yeah, if people weren't involved, absolutely, people fuck up everything. Yeah. Oh, I I did a debate. It was the only debate I ever did in school, and I was up against my friend Melissa, gorgeous redhead, <laughs> and and she and we were supposed to debate the merits of a utopian society. And right. she was she went off and off and off, and I came up and I just was like, it's not possible because people will yeah. not allow it to happen. Yeah, the the ego will get in the way. No, it's true. It's hundred oh, percent true. People fuck up everything. Yep. The the selfish desires of man make the collective socialist state not work. I mean, mm -hmm. there's collective there's socialist environments in the animal kingdom, like yeah. people, you know. But it just doesn't work with people. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody at the yeah. top. That's there going, has to be someone yeah. always has to be at the top. Right. So, yeah. That was my wrap-up article. We are about out of time. Yeah, It's just that whole mentality, even back then, it's just like, this guy, it just seemed like, well, this kind of launched this directive mm -hmm. faster than we anticipated, which is what we've been claiming they were yeah. trying to do with COVID. Right. But people are, this person is actually claiming, hey, this is headed that direction. Do we embrace it, right. or do we fight it kicking and screaming, trying to hold on to this old, broken capitalist society. I'm sorry, I'm going to hold on kicking yeah. and screaming to what works. Yeah, and, and again, it'll be interesting to see how it goes when you have the states that are so divided. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have so many states in the middle of the country that, you know, some of them didn't shut down. Right. Some of them shut down minimally and and are are still have a decent unemployment you know at that's sitting at 3.9% whatever and then you have the the blue led states that are sitting at about 9% unemployment mm -hmm. who did shut down who are still having who are still shut down right right and and people are are you know needing that government money to to live well the the states can push back 
all they want, like the state of Iowa can push back all they yeah. want, but if you make the people feel it the hardest, because, right. I mean, all they have to do is get the people on board. Yeah. You make the people feel it, and they're going to, it's going to be like the freaking, yeah. how communi- the communist rise up started to begin with. Yeah. The people felt it. The people were hurting the most. And that was, I mean, that wasn't like, it wasn't like the government was like, let's let, back then, it, it wasn't like the government was like, well, let's make them feel it so they'll change the communism. That's just naturally how it happened. Right. Like there was the feudalist or, uh, not feudalist, but like the the monarchy right. in the peasants, and the peasants like were fed up with it. And they're right. like, we need something else. And then they rose up to... But you're, but you're not seeing that from say the red states yeah right? you're not seeing them say you know that hey this isn't working we need to switch over and i don't think you will until this freaking the money collapses until right. things are getting way too expensive to afford right. we can't buy freaking toilet paper the gas dries up all this stuff this perfect storm that we say right. has just accumulated right now we're going to feel this right and people there's going to be the sheep out there that are just like Whoa, this shit's not working. I mean, collectively across the board, it's going to get to the point. It's going to, it will get so bad at some point that people are like this ain't working. That's how the New Deal came into effect. People yeah. got to the point where they're like, this ain't working. Right. Let's just, I well, mean, sure, just yeah. throw money at it. That's fine. Right. No, and I mean, you had the Hoovervilles that yeah. popped up, and you know, people doing whatever. Do you think it'll get to the point where people will eventually like, yes, we need to, we need to move to more socialist type policies, or do you think you'll see the country split? Where half right. the country will be like, no, this isn't happening. And then the other half being like, we got to do this to survive. I think there's going to be a lot of factions like us. It'll probably get more and more minor where we're trying to hold on to these values more and more. Like we've said for a year now, when people feel the pressure, they buckle really fast. Yeah, I mean, you can have the guy that's just like, well, I would stand up to anybody. And then the Internet goes off and they're like, well, fuck, I can't handle any of this shit. Well, I mean, yeah. we saw it with the storm last year. Yeah. We saw all the people that were like, you want to survive if shit hit the fan. You want to survive right. if shit, shit hits the fan, man. Yes, I do think there's going to be plenty of us. Yeah. That are going to push back. But I think there's going to be a large plenty number of people just that just buckle under the pressure of it because we've lived this cushy lifestyle for yeah. so long. And that's about all the time we have. I think we're going to leave note. it on that happy note. <laughs> that happy, happy, wonderful note. We are over our time. Or right at our time, maybe. I'm not even sure. We're about right at our time. We'll just say we'll, we're at... We'll, we'll, we'll accept that. We're I'll at our time that. because I said so. Sure. And you said so. And it's our show. And yeah. it's our time. All right. It's over. So we are going to <laughs> wrap this thing up. Um, again, thank, thanks, Beto, for calling in. I'm I'm glad you're you're listening to us. I'm glad we're getting through to people... And hearing that this is a really important episode mm-hmm. kind of reassures me for like actually choosing to go down this road, right. even though we, again, we don't really know what we're talking about. But yeah. I think we know as much as the common man does, yeah. and we're actually like trying to figure the shit out when most yeah. people are just sitting at home right. like, meh, just let whatever yeah. happen. Yeah, because we, we do see something big is happening, something that's not right, yeah. and and so we're, we're getting it out there. Right. So that you can you can see it, that you can maybe try to put some other pieces together. Let us know if you see stuff we don't see, right? You know, and and let your friends know, and and you know, and your grandmas, and your grandmas, don't and your, your kids, and, and your kids. kids. Um, don't just, forget the kids. Yeah, just talk to people because I think things are going to get 
more uncomfortable than yeah. we even saw back in the COVID times. Yeah. You think things were uncomfortable then? At least, I mean, yeah, there was toilet paper shortages. That was obvious. <laughs> apparently, the worst thing people could handle. Yeah. Like everybody was losing their mind. I mean, God, there. I got a notebook here. Yeah. I could use it, toilet paper. You know, it's um. This is interesting. I thought about this. I know we're almost out of time. No, you're good. So um, but uh, I know you haven't been watching the, the Bad Batch on Disney. Uh-uh. Okay, it's a, it's a continuation of the Clone Wars on Star Wars, right? Okay. And it's interesting because you get to see throughout the storylines, but you also get to see like the the rise of this empire. And the first thing they did is they blocked off all travel. Okay. And they they said basically said, you know, all all your credits are no good anymore. You have to come to us. You have to exchange your credits <laughs> for imperial credits, and you have to get your blockchain so that you can travel in between districts. And it was just interesting watching that them go. Do you ever think that shows like that are just kind of trying to like get people used to uh, that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, just kind of. I don't know it scared the shit out of me though. Right when it, I saw it, it because I'm like, holy crap! Because this is this seem. I mean, that seems like realistic mm-hmm. steps to happen if something like that were to be in place. And they're even like, why are they? Why are they putting more troops in place? I thought the war was over. Yeah, you know. I mean, so it's just like it's like grooming us for that that mentality, right? su- subconsciously grooming us, or yeah. or to piss you off at it but most of the people are watching like oh that would that would suck but (laughs) what i mean that's a cool storyline and like you're over here like fuck you're like looking behind (laughs) you like yeah the hell's going on right yeah right (laughs) well we are out of time make sure you check us out all over social media like and share smash smack it smack it that's what we said smack that like and share button smack it hard I'll just say smack a hard because I'll get myself. Just stop into- there. Just I, stop I'm there. just gonna stop there. Just smack it. Smack it good. We're gonna end on a clean note tonight. <laughs> <laughs> clean as we can. Um, check out rymcoffee.com for run your mouth coffee because they support all the things that we support. Ten um, percent off your order with the promo code Break the Bell. Check out Anti News Live because they also support free speech. It's a social media platform where you can run your mouth like Run Your Mouth Coffee, and not really risk getting kicked off unless you're a dick. That's really their only rule is don't be Which a dick. Which is our, our main rule. Yeah, it's our, I mean, I don't think we're dicks no, per se. but no, we're not. Um, we're not. So you check that be. out. Check us out all over all the social medias. Share us around. Get back in here for the weekend wrap-up this week, which is going to be a lot less... Um, heavy thrown to well, a lot less heavy than this, and it's a lot less problems that unless I something had. else happens. It's Monday, yeah. We I, got a, we we got a whole week ahead of us, so we do a weekend wrap up every Saturday, Sunday, whenever it gets released. Um, just recapping the week in the news, all the bullshit that's going on. Otherwise, we'll be back here next Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time live. Make sure we get our call ins in. Thanks for our call in today, which was Beto again of the Thought and Conduct podcast. Check him out. Otherwise, I guess we'll just wrap it up. Wrap it up and see you next week. Peace. Peace. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Goulash Media. On the run with Remzo W. Martinez Podcast and Van Zot Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next time 
and let us continue to invade your ear holes and as always, never stop talking.